Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 44 of the big show with some Enforcer Base Podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How are you guys all doing? It's another Wednesday. It's new content day around here. And uh, very, very happy to uh, bring you guys today's interview with Jordan Roach. Um, he is the... Uh, single season penalty minute record holder for the Manitoba Junior Hockey League with 543 and uh, we hear all about that no it was a lot of fun sitting down talking to Jordan um, uh, we talked for quite a while and it was it's always fun when I get the, ju- <clears throat> the junior A guys on um, actually first of all actually before I even get going I'm going to apologize to all you guys I've been battling like a chest cold here for like the last three days so uh, I pardon me for my snotty in my voice here but <clears throat> and I might cough a couple times. I'll try to edit them out, but yeah, it's been kind of a battle here the last couple of days. But uh, so I'll keep this short. But um, no, it was fun to talk to uh, Jordan with the with the junior A stuff. Um, you know, most of the time it's always major junior and whatever. But no, anytime I get a chance to talk about the Manitoba League or Saskatchewan, BC, etc., it um, it's always fun. And the amount of tough guys that came out of those leagues is unbelievable. So it was cool to hear some of the names. You know. And, you know, from Colt Moore to Mike Varhog to uh, Darcy Johnson and Ryan Braun and uh, Conrad McKay and the two twos and yeah, so it was it was really cool. Um, so uh, you know, some seldom talked about um, time period on on hockey podcasts. So uh, it was, it's really cool when I, I can get guests on that uh, that can talk about that sort of thing. But uh, on that, like I said, this is forty four. Uh, this is episode forty four. Um, uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time. Um, you know, obviously, there's 43 other episodes. I highly encourage you to check out. Um, I've interviewed some great guys from John Morass, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, Clark Wilm, Jeff Rogers, on and on. And uh, like I said, we were, uh, really break down the careers, and uh, you know, we we timeline them, and you know, get the good stories and the opponents and teammates, and uh, yeah, like I said, it's uh, you know really thorough, and and, I, and it, you know really really gets the guy to you know share their story which is important so um like i said earlier um uh, wednesday is new content and every sunday we call it vault episodes and uh that's where i re re-upload um an interview um from my old defunct website and uh it's my phone going off about the 
friends commenting on the debate, which I am not even going to talk about. But, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so every, and so this past Sunday was, uh, my interview with Frank Kovacs, which was a lot of fun talking to Frank. Played with the Drana Pats for five years, then, uh, AHL and played overseas in the UK with Sheffield. And he told some good stories. And, uh, no, Frank's a good dude. Love talking to him. And like I said, please go back and, uh, and check out the past episodes. I think you'll get a kick out of them. But, uh, no, other than that, guys, I'm not going to say too much. Um, you know, obviously, congrats to the Tampa Bay Lightning for winning the cup. Um, you know, I mean, you know, obviously a little crazy season and a little different, of course, with COVID and everything, but I think they played the majority of the season anyway, didn't they? It'd be interesting. How many games they, I'd, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm talking to myself, but I'm not sure how many games they got done, but I think they got most of the schedule finished, I think. But, uh, no, it'd be a battle. I mean, you know, I know everybody, oh, they get paid all these money and whatever, but yeah, still, you know, and I mean, yeah, it's a nice hotel and everything, but still, it's not your house and you're not with your kids and your wife or anything. And, you know, it'd be a battle for two and a half, three months, you know, to be away. I mean, I don't care how, how, how nice the hotel is. You're still not getting away and you're not in your own space. And, you know, that mentally that'd been, that'd have been a tough grind. So, uh, you know, hats off to both those teams. And uh, it's funny, somebody put up the stats with the, the most hits and stuff throughout the playoffs. And I think the final four teams were like the top four leader in hits on average per game. So proving once again that big boy hockey wins, despite what the calculator nerds will, you know, the mathletes will tell you. Um, so, you know, when Tampa had that great team last year and then they got run four straight out of the playoffs and they made some adjustments and, you know, got Pat Maroon and a couple um you know heavy guys and uh look what happens right so <clears throat> so there you go i don't know how many times it, it keeps getting proven over and over again but like i said the mathletes will argue every year i mean just like they'll argue next year and i was already just getting some water but uh yeah but uh Yeah, uh, um, sorry guys, I'm, like I said, I'm battling this here, so uh, I'll, I'll cut it short. But uh, <clears throat> before I go, I do have to bring up the uh, the fact that, uh, you know, being on the Hockey Podcast Network, um, you know, there's 40-some other podcasts on here, whatever, all the NHL teams are represented, Terry Ryan's on the show, um, or on the network, pardon me, and uh, so whatever... Uh, team you're a fan of there's a podcast for you so definitely check it out with the podcast network they got everything covered from terry ryan to myself and the enforcer part to analytics to uh you know to uh the nhl so um some off podcast some off network podcasts would be of course my boy alec over at five for fighting he does a great job i know he's uh he's he's got an interview coming out here right away. i won't say who it is i'll let him release it but uh yeah, I know he's taking November off just because they're they're moving and everything, and uh, you know he's got life life gets in the way of podcasting sometimes, so he's going to take a little bit of a break. But I know he's got a, an interview coming, and uh, of course Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles, he does covers the Islanders. He just released uh, toughest uh, his top ten of the toughest uh, Islander right wingers. And Joe always brings good episodes, and of course then they have the Slewfoot Show, uh, Fred and Dave, and. Um, I was going to say get the gate, but uh, I think those boys have not sure what they're doing. But, uh, and of course, uh, Dan Kelly and Paul over at the Obey the Puck show. So, you know, definitely check those out. And, uh, now the season's over, I'm not sure if they're going to continue. I don't know if they do much in the off season, but, um, 
But other than that, um, if you're on Twitter, um, now that I've, I've announced that on Saturday, October 3rd, I'm going to have my another Twitter tournament starting. It's going to be the fourth annual Minor League Mayhem tournament um, where I put up, it's like a March Madness, 64 guys, uh, Minor League's toughest guys ever, and we, we vote on it each day, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, uh, the past winners uh, are McIntyre, Rocky, and uh, last year's winner was Link Gates. So I don't think I'll put those three back in it. I think we'll just we'll let someone new win it. But, uh, you know, from Engelstad to Morasti to Gillies and Bonvi and on and on, all, every minor league legend you could think of will be in there. And, uh, and like I said, just to get people talking about them and, and voting on the internet for, for a little while. I mean, like I said, the world's made up of Jack Eichel and the rest of them. I think we could have a little Curtis Voth and Kevin Holiday talk for, for at least a week or two. But, uh, so I'm really looking forward to getting that going. And, uh, no, other than that, um, if you guys are into jerseys, um, this is my little ad suggestion. Don't hit fast forward. Um, but here at the network, we have a, one of our sponsors is coolhockey.com. They've been around since 1999. They're NHLPA endorsed. And I've talked to people who have ordered from them. Nothing but good things, good good reviews, quality item, everything they asked for. Um, like I said, I'm not going to I'm not going to put my name or or spout off some sponsor that I don't believe in or that I think is junk or if I get told that you know from people that it's no I'm not doing it so but I've heard nothing but good things about coolhockey.com and uh, if you use the promo code THPN the Hockey Podcast Network at checkout you get 30% off and free shipping and it's out of Toronto like I said and um, like I said when I was at the mall here at Olympian Sports and, or Jersey City in the mall, and then of course Olympian Sports here in Idlewild, they want like 300 and some dollars for those authentic jerseys and you're at the mercy of who they have, like it's Crosby or McDavid or Price or whatever I mean obviously those are the popular guys, I get it, but I mean at the same time, what if you didn't want those guys, um, like I said I went to the, the cool hockey site, picked the Flames jersey got the hand sewn number 16 McGratton, 185, Can- 185 Canadian free shipping, so I mean that's like half you know, I mean, you can get anything on there. You can, you know, like I said, hand sewn numbers, the fight straps, the exact jersey the guys are wearing. I mean, you want to get double zero Griswold on a Blackhawks jersey, go right ahead. Um, Joe, like I was saying before with the Islanders podcast, I mean, he's been buying Islanders jerseys constantly. And like I said, I think he's taken advantage of the deal a few times. And I know uh, I was talking to him the other day and, uh, you know, he was talking about getting a a, a, a Massey Miro Mackey jersey, you know, which, you know, to go along with his, uh, you know, Oleg Kavasha and stuff. And, I mean, Joe will rotate, rotate that in, I'm sure. So, yeah, you know, just get a hold of him and ask him how he's, what's, what, what his feelings are. So, but like I said, really, really uh, solid company, been around since 1999. And like I said, THPN at checkout, to get 30% off and, and free shipping. And like I said, the, the, uh, <laughs> the network gets a little bit of a kickback from Cool Hockey. It helps Isha and the boys stay on the air or keep this mud show in the air and helps them pay a few bills. And you get a good deal on a jersey, so everybody wins, right? So there you go. What can more, what more can one man do for you? But uh, other than that, guys, like I said, I'll uh, <clears throat> I'll keep it short tonight. But uh, yeah, how about we get into it? Here is uh, my talk with Jordan Roach, and we will uh, talk to you guys on Sunday. All right, thank you. All right, here on the fourth line voice on the phone in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Long time coming. We've been setting this up for a while. We finally, I finally tracked him down. I got Jordan Roach on the phone. Jordan, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you, Darren? Very good, man. I th- thank you very much for taking the time out here. 
Hey, thanks for having me. I've been uh, I'm a great uh, loyal uh, listener to your podcast, and uh, you're doing great things there. And I, I love listening to it every week. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, you, you 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 said that just like I wrote it. Thank you very much. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, like I like I get with all the guests. Uh, where did uh, where did you grow up, and uh, when did you start playing hockey? Uh, I grew up in Saskatchewan. Uh, I actually uh, I was adopted, so I was adopted like as a two years old, I think, yeah, something like that. Anyways, and uh, my family they they lived in Wilkie, which is about I don't know about an hour from North Battleford, yep. and so I started sort of my uh, minor hockey there. And actually, it was a really good little town for hockey. That's all there was to do, and and so I got to, I got to skate as much as I want, and, and really get to love the game, you know. And then I moved out here. I think it was in grade. Uh, four or five and I uh, just kept on playing my, my minor all my minor hockey here uh Wee and double a out, out here in, in north Battleford, and then uh and then I, I moved on from there but yeah all my minor hockey and stuff started uh, out here in north Battleford pretty much well were you uh well you know like growing up uh in, in terms of the hockey were you uh did, did you did you sort of uh gravitate to the physical side of things were you always kind of a physical kid to begin with or did you grow into that uh, you know what? Like, no, I, I actually didn't. I wanted to be a goalie when I started. I I love playing goalie, and uh, I think it was just because you know your nature. You know, I always wanted to be you know, not in the spotlight, but you know, I wanted to roll on, on a team that you know you're, you're you're noticed quite a bit. And as a team player and stuff, I just I thought the goalie role was was one where you know you're always in the game and all that stuff. So at the beginning, I wanted to be a goalie. I remember going out to goalie school. My brother was a goalie, and uh, I always wanted to carry his stuff around and try stuff on. So I really really focused on that, and then I. Uh, but I never played goal in most of my like right from the beginning. I really played. I played a little bit here, here and there. But no, I, I, you know, I didn't get into the physical stuff. Like PV, PV double A is when I first started uh, getting into it. I met a guy. It was actually my second year PV at double A, and I met this guy. His, Troy, his name was Troy Riddling, and uh, he was a real physical guy. And like, uh, and we just back then, man. Like I don't even know. Like even in PV, man, it was pretty physical games. We played Warman. Uh, teams in Saskatoon and stuff, and they were physical games, and there were fights. I can remember like those cage rate fights, or like the odd time the goal. You know, we drop our gloves and stuff, try and rip each other's helmets off. We punch each other in the helmets and stuff, but pretty much a real fight, you know. And uh, that that year there, like, is when I really started going, and I really, I really watched, uh, you know, on TV. I watched Bob Prover was my favorite guy, Joey Kosher, those guys. So you know, I, I definitely, I you know, pretty much pretty early, I guess, I started uh, started that role. Well, like you said, yeah, in Pee Wee and Bantam, it gets pretty physical. That, uh, like anybody playing minor hockey, you roll out to them small towns and uh, the old small town tournament. Uh, come the come the Sunday games, uh, yeah, there was going to be some tilts, some cage rage, oh. and, yeah, because because the boys always liked it because you wouldn't get suspended in normal league play if you fought in the out of town tournaments. Yeah, right. Right, right. But I can remember too, like I know my, especially well, yeah, that year too. You know, like I said, me and Troy, we seemed to, we were always in in the middle of things. And I can remember one one incident warming there. This Brad Schultz, so he got drafted in the WHL a couple of years later, and he was he was a good guy, tough defenseman, and and you know he's, he was one of the guys back then. You know, there were guys with beards already, you know, like already people had them. You know, they had mustaches and everything. You know, facial hair. I never was like, oh, somebody's just big boys to me. I wasn't really that big. I didn't grow size until like a little later on in my career but I mean some of these guys were fairly big guys and did stuff and physical and I remember in Warman there we got in it was uh, playoffs it was uh, center four league playoffs and uh, we got out it we got almost a, we had a line brawl there and, and yeah I just remember uh, you know my parents were driving home they drove so far games and stuff and I'd be, I'd be kicked out of the game and the tournaments in the first day 
Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, they must have loved that. Yeah, yeah it was a quiet car ride home. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. There is a get there early if you want to see me play. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, did you play AAA midget? You know what? I started. I went to uh, PA. I got. Uh, I went to the camp. Well, I was second year bantam, and I wanted to, to go try out for the AAA team in here, North Alpha. That was my dream. I needed to play for the North Stars. You know, either the AAA, then the then the uh, junior eighteen, just to play at home. You know, yep. and uh, I just uh, I didn't really get asked. I wasn't getting a lot of uh, the year before. I broke my collarbone in AAA camp, and I shouldn't have been there, but. Me and another guy wanted to play. We wouldn't have been able to make the team, but we wanted to try out. We were of age to do that. So and the back then, man, there was like, oh, like uh, Chuck Knobloch was there, or that Knobloch was there. There was like, I can't remember, there was quite a few, Graham Belak, and it's like, they were, they were a big, big team, tough. You know, even back then, and I just remember trying out for them, and I'm, the guys were saying, oh, no, you shouldn't. That was the year before. But then uh, the next year, I got invited to go to PA. Uh, Potchapinski was his name. I can't remember his first name. He was a coach there. And uh, he he invited me to come out there and play there, and and they said you know we got a spot for you if you want to come come here. And I said, you know so I I went there. I played at least I think only eight or nine games. And uh, I remember David Kazolka was there. We had uh, oh I'm trying to remember who else we had there. But I remember David because me and David we were on the same line. And uh, but I didn't last very long. I got kicked out of the league. We were playing Tisdale. I think it was our eighth or ninth game, and I already had a bunch of penalty minutes and, and trying to fight everybody and stuff. And they had uh, Chad Nicholson was playing for um, Tisdale at the time, and they had Fraser Donahue as a guy. I don't know if a lot of guys will know him. He wasn't really a fighter, but a good big big player, good, really good player. They had a really good team back then too. Uh, everybody did basically, and lot, and and lots of toughness. You know, Triple yep. A back then there was everybody had a tough guy or two. We had two or three. And, uh, and I remember him too. I remember going and playing uh, after I played AAA. But anyway, so there's a story. We were in uh, Tisdale. I remember something. We were right around the back, right around our goal or their goal, and I don't know, things got going and stuff. And anyways, a line roll went off. I remember chasing this Fraser Donahue, and I was trying to get him to fight. And I, he wasn't a fighter, but he was a big guy. He was the biggest guy on the ice. So I'm chasing him, trying to get him to fight. And he would, he's skating to his bench, and I'm, you know, cross-checking him, flashing him, hooking him, doing the best I can to get him to go in one goal. I didn't realize we were at his bench, and he gets he goes onto his bench, and so I try to hook him, hook his leg, or hook his, you know, his arm or something, and their coach grabbed my, grabbed my stick, and he's trying to pull it out of my hands, and I remember, you know, he, he gets it out of my hands, and he, he breaks it. He breaks it with uh, the... Uh, the blade of the stick, and then he hands it, throws it back to me, hands it back to me. I remember just grabbing it, and I, and I didn't mean to do it. I mean, it was um, right, in the, right in the moment. Then I speared him right in the, right in the leg. And uh, I don't know if I cut him or what I did, but I remember that the league wasn't too happy about that. I was already at about 120 minutes in like seven games. And so I just knew that that, you know, and then I had some off-fight situations there where, you know, I just thought, you know, what was going on there. And LeBrex. LeBret called me at that time, and uh, they said, hey, you want to come up here? And Aaron McDougal was coaching that team there, and I, I tried out for their, well, just went to their spring camp that, that last spring, and I did fairly well for myself, fought quite, quite a few times in the spring camp there. And, and so he, he said, well, why don't you come play Junior B out here, and then we'll bring you up for, you know, practices, and if we can get some games, we will, but Junior B would be a good place for you, you know, playing with 20, 21-year-olds. So, that's, so I only played a couple of months in, uh, in AAA, and then I went to finish my year in Junior B, and actually it was a really good thing. Because it helped me the following year when I went to uh, Medicine Hat. Well, like you said, so you, so you go to the to to, to Junior B, and uh, I mean, obviously, I would I would assume you probably did a bunch of fighting there. Oh yeah, like uh, and again, there it was like again, it was almost like uh, when I think about it, I think about. Uh, 
lot of the older guys, you know, I didn't, I knew a lot of the other names by then, but I mean, uh, when you see like real grizzled, like, you know, tough, tough men, and that's the same thing in Junior B. There was guys that were already pretty much starting their life, you know, like 20, 21, 19 years old, like on the farm or work, and they were just kind of sort of doing this as a, you know, uh, for fun, but also competitive, you know, it's still competitive hockey. That's what they made, really made the Junior A but uh, I mean, Probably one of the toughest places I've ever played other than Quebec was that team really good. You know, down south in Fort Capel, there was Tom uh, Sack had a team, and they were really intense. They had they had three or four guys, and there was thirteen to play at times. I mean, like you know, you didn't know if you get stuck in the face by some one of the guys there. And he was I can't remember his name either. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. I couldn't remember any of those, those older guys' names again. They wouldn't have been any household names, but uh, I was sixteen. And, uh, you know, I had a full cage on too, so I, I had a hard time. Guys would just mock, mock me or, you know, I try to fight everybody running around. And my coach at the time was, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Trap. Uh, his, his son played Bear Trap, is his name. Uh, he played in the NHL. Um, anyways, and he was my coach in Fort Knox. Really good, good, good guy. Let me, wanted me to play and, and stuff, but I just really wanted to prove myself to my teammates, to the league and stuff. And, and, uh, and I just, it was a hard time, but I had 250 penalty minutes. I can't remember how many games I played, but I must have played at least 30. You know, I had a few points here and there, and it was really good. It was really good, uh, you know, getting to, get to learn that role, uh, being around older guys and stuff. So I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, well, like you said, you, you mentioned it in, uh, 9899. Um, you head to Medicine Hat. Had, did they take you in the Bantam draft? No, I actually never got drafted. I was, I never got drafted, but the, that year after the draft that summer, I got listed by Regina, by the Pats. So I went there and uh, I went to rookie camp and, uh, I fought. They told us not to fight. And I was only one of those guys that, you know, not that I wouldn't, I wasn't like against authority or anything, you know, don't, you know, deliberately go and fight because they, you know, they told me not to. I was going to fight, you know, like I've heard other guys say, you know, I wanted to make a name for myself. And, you know, uh, it was just something that I knew that that was my role by that time anyways. Um, and when I went to Regina, you know, in rookie camp, they said right away when we got there, they said, you know, you're not here to fight. That's what main camp's for. We want to see all your other skills. So just first, you know, first uh, scrimmage we had, I remember getting two fights and I, that was the first time I'd, I'd done really well where the lids come off, you know, you square off with somebody. And that's been like, you know, a AAA there was a, in camp. There was a, always in camps, you know, spring camps. Yep. Those places I would take off my helmets and stuff. But but this was really like, to me, it was like, uh, it was a different experience because like these were guys, that it was just a different, way different. You're trying out for a team basically, you know. And, uh, I can't remember, uh, Perry Shockey was the coach at the time. Brent Parker was the general manager. And, uh, you know, I started, anyways, I, I fought, fought and fought. And I remember one time we was like almost the end of the rookie camp and I got in a fight with this big, big native kid and I can't remember his name, but uh, he's a big, big dude and uh, I think he's, he uh, took me for granted and I did fairly well and right towards the end there, he, he headbunted me and uh, they had uh, guys that were running the scrimmages that were playing for the Pats the year before, so like Josh Dobbin, he was the guy on the ice at that time and I and I knew him, I knew who he was at that, like knowing that he was a tough guy, but he was, uh, he was rough in that game and uh, as he's going to, you know, he gets in there, this guy headbunts me, you know, and I remember Josh, like, giving the guy a few shots, you know, like, he was just choked, uh, super choked at this guy. He really, you know, that this guy took the liberty. And that was something that I learned right there, like, respect, you know. And Josh, Josh stuck up, not just for me, but for that role and that that kind of thing was unacceptable, you know. As as well as I was in, in times, you know, that, those sort of things never happened. I never would do something like that. And that was that was something really early that I learned. To, and Josh was that guy right away. So right from there, I remember going into uh, – 
going in to see Perry at the end of the rookie camp, and he, you know, it was the first thing he said. He said, you know, I, you know, I said no fighting, you know, and he made me explain to why I did fight and why I was fighting so often. And uh, he goes, well, you know, I don't know if he did it to punish me <laughs> so much as to say, hey, we'll see what you got. And he invited me to the main camp that year. Me and another kid, and I uh, can't remember his name. He played uh, the following year, too, but we were both underagers, so we wouldn't have been able to make the team. But he brought us to main camp, or not to main camp. And I still have the clipping there, and I was looking at some of the guys on the list, you know, like uh, Kyle Fedrich. He was the first guy I thought of when I went, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> these are the guys that, you know, like, this guy here, like, man, he was just the scariest looking dude I've ever seen. Most intimidating guy. Even to this day, I think one of the most intimidating guys I've ever seen is his look, his demeanor, everything. And he was already full weight. Like he was already like full grown man, like basically. So they had him, they had Josh Dobb and they had, uh, you know, I remember that going to that camp and I remember uh, the first day of main camp, you know, they had Josh Holden come down. He would just come back from the, from the NHL camp. And then later on, uh, Brad Stewart comes down. So, you know, I was just like, I was, I couldn't believe it. There was a little article this guy was writing for the paper, uh, the leader post, I think it was in Regina, and uh, he mentions he. I'm just standing there when he was doing this interview with a few people, and he, he ends up putting me in the paper since I was, you know, I was just standing there told him, told my story. But I remember having the clip, and then there was guys six four, six three, six two. Uh, man, it was like it was intimidating. It was, uh, but it was a good it was a good start for me. And uh, from there, I just that next summer I was going to be going back there, and they uh, uh, said that they gave my rights to uh, Medicine Hat. And uh, they called, and, and uh, it was uh, I can't remember, Pius Lang, I think his name was. He was the head scout there at Medicine Hat, and he said that uh, Brian Gross, who uh, I got to thank, you know, he was he was really big in my early career there. He was somebody that really believed in me. He was a, a scout for the Regina Pats, and then he was the guy that basically, you know, he must have had a lot of pull because he, he uh, talked real highly of me to that Pius Lang in Medicine Hat. And I, and I thought even when I was in the campus, he said, oh, don't worry about it, you know, just show up, show up. You know, you'll do fine and, and expect to stay and stuff as long as you do your job and uh, and stuff like that. So that's where I, I went, met a snap, and that's where I started. And, and that camp there was, was quite, a, quite a show there. I mean, that was a lot of fights there, and there were some tough guys in Medicine Hat, let me tell you. Like, big, big tough guys. Yeah, well, like you said, you, yeah, you roll into Medicine Hat, and we'll just kind of, you know, you throw the names out here that people know. I mean, uh, you know, Brett Scheffelmeyer, Brad Voth, um, Sean Hill, I mean, Conrad Brand. I mean, uh, and then uh, and then uh, former fourth line voice uh, guest Chris Graff, who you and I were just talking about off air. Uh, he he was there as an overager, and uh, yeah, Brady Austin, Brady Austin was there. He yeah, came, uh, right around the same time as uh, Chris. In fact, I think they came to get. No, they didn't come together, but yeah, they came around the same time. Yeah, that twenty year old deadline there. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, so I could imagine uh, that camp what that was like. Oh man, and we—they had brought in like there were so many guys. That's something that you know, I I love to like you know I don't have like the longest career and stuff, and I I know my 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 uh, games played and stuff. They don't reflect as much as like you know these camps and stuff where I you know the, the, those are where I really you know I, I felt like you know I really set the mark you know a lot of making the teams and stuff or getting my name out there. I remember uh, Ashley Langdon. He was he was just starting out too. Well, you know, he was a year older than I was, I think, or whatever. But um, I remember, and then again, another guy later on that I look at and I go, "Holy man, he was such a good like, man. He was such a good guy, and he fought. He was like me in camp. He fought. And we never got to play to play with each. Well, we played with each other. He made it right through. Uh, played a couple exhibition games, and then they cut him. But uh, he was one of the last cuts. 
he fought everybody and you know like guys didn't like that was one thing in the western league back then the uh, you know the veteran guys and and the rookies there was a real divide and uh, we weren't the best team in the league uh, like we was one of their you know downturns where they were re- rebuilding and stuff that was the first year that they had just drafted that uh, Bo Meister and I played a game with him in uh, Edmonton and in one of the exhibition games he came up and played with us and I remember back then even thinking oh if uh, man this guy was as good as they said and if not better you know he he was so good his skating was unbelievable but I remember in camp there yeah uh, Ashley and I were fighting our way onto the, onto the team we fought uh, Shabul Sean Hill I think he fought Sheffelmeyer uh, Sheffelmeyer and I were good, good friends right away we hit it off and he was a good guy big tall lanky guy but another guy that took guys under you know like took uh, guys took him for granted but uh, yeah we had a tough team but even back then I think man as tough as we were some of these other teams you know uh, rolling into wherever there were some tough tough characters even if they had one or two guys compared to if you had four or five like I said I didn't know Chris and then Brady Austin those guys didn't have to fight as much you know like as these younger as this younger guys or whatever Sean and you know he was he was a bit of a vet so the guys would fight him he was our, our resident heavyweight and, and Voss he played he was a good player so he always got to play and I, I didn't really get to see him fight a whole lot I think in camp I saw him a few more few times but another guy that you know was uh Super, super tough, and uh, I look at him, and I'm thinking, you know, I see his name, and I go, oh, and I watch his fights, and I'm amazed at some of seeing him either because, again, another really good player that didn't really have to. We had so many guys, you know, and then and when you're fighting like the guy was, you know, uh, you're looking up to them and stuff, but you don't notice a lot of that, like you know, until later on you leave and you're like, holy shit, man, I believe this, you know, it's a pretty tough lineup, like you just mentioned there, and I was pretty fortunate to uh, get to learn from some of those guys. Yeah, well, and like you said, especially, you know, we're talking late late, ni- late 90s. I mean, there's no YouTube. I mean, there's barely internet, right? So it's not yeah, like you can right. go and look these guys up and, like, you know, get some advanced scouting on who you're taking on or anything. Like, like you said, they're just you're, you're, they're just names that you don't – you hear through the grapevine that this guy's tough and, and everything else. But, yeah, until you're really – basically, you're fighting blind. Yeah, well, you know, they, they always had, I remember, you know, now the internet, but they, I wonder what they even have them still, but, like, they on the, when we come in for game time, they have these uh, the pre-game, like, uh, like notes. They'd have all, this, all the stats, like, that you could ever think of. So on every player, on every, you know, the roster, the game before that they played, like, 10 games before that, they always had the league leaders, and that's where I would find out who the guys were, you know, either by the, by the names of the guys would say, but always usually by that, you know, you, you would hear some of the guys. And by that time, too, very quickly, it's very fast. You understand who, who's who, right? Oh, but, yeah. I mean, and that's how I learned. I was learning from that. I would look at the top handling minute guys. But it was the majors. They always had the, the majors on there, guys who were leading the majors. So I was looking at that list, and it was a really detailed list. So I could see, oh, this guy has five majors. This guy has four. This guy has three, you know. But the night before, I was always looking in the paper. I remember playing, like, later on, even in, well, in uh, Junior B, looking in the leader posts, and they were the most detailed leader posts. The third Phoenix just had the game scores, and the odd, and when the Blades played, they'd have their, their detailed game sheet on the in, on the paper. But in Regina, they had every game, and they had every game listed. So it would say who scored, and then during the and then then uh, elements, it would say fighting major, fighting major, you know. So I got to learn really quick who they were, like before I even got there. So I was watching, them, and that's where I saw guys like David Bazalka later on. I was like, oh man, I was watching his fight totals in that that year that he, he was in uh, in Seattle and stuff. And uh, man, I was just I was I was amazed. But that's how I was learning with no internet. That's how I and still to this day, I'm like even uh, I think now they still do that. They still have those sheets for guys and things like when they. Going to the dressing room before game and stuff for guys to look at. 
Yeah, oh, oh, it used to drive me, the Star Phoenix sucked, it used to drive me nuts. I, I always, like, why can't they put the, like, the stats up for every team? It was always just I know, the raids, right? right? I'm like, come on, you know, and then meanwhile, yeah, I saw, the, you'd see the leader post every once in a while, yeah, they have all the team stats and everything, and of course, anybody, yeah, all these young people listening have, you know, you and I sound like a couple old farts here that uh you know you know but you know back in the day that's how you got the information you actually had to read newspapers and stuff so it was very primitive right, right? and even now I, I i love that going into the papers and looking at you man if i'm at work i can see every break and look at you know if there's an old paper even and i'll look through and, sta- and stand down the stats there and if they have a game like the nhl games they would do star teams would have those ones but yeah. they wouldn't have it back then you know i wasn't really didn't really give a shit about that but you know like yeah I'm a fight fan, just like this is anyone, you know. And I was always watching, learning from guys, learning about who's who's, and I was interested. I don't even when I would go up, I would look back, back and see some of the guys coming up, and I was always interested, in, and still am to this day. I'm a fight fan, so I mean, obviously, there's not it's a different game, different changing. There's no none of that very very often, but I still like to to check it out. No, absolutely. Well, uh, you played eight games of Medicine Hat that year and picked up 15 minutes, but one of your tilts here that I'm looking at. Was against uh, was a big name against Steve McIntyre. Do you remember how that fight went? I do. It was uh, the home opener. I was surprised that I got uh, that I was in the lineup for the home opener, and, and uh, I remember it was against the Blades. And uh, yeah, I just started over. Uh, well, I don't remember a whole lot. I was pretty nervous. You know, my first WHL game, pretty excited and stuff. And the Blades at that time had Porter Chuck. Uh, they had uh, McIntyre. They had uh, Ryan Bonnie. And also had Bonnie net. Uh, but they had also. Yep. Um, oh, I was just thinking about yeah. Um, well, uh, not uh, Halderson. What's his name? Uh, Halderson. But they also had what's his name? He played in Sorrell. Same same size as Halderson. Really, really tough. Uh, I fought him in exhibition that year, uh, and, he, and he played. He pumped me pretty good. Um, oh, played in Sorrell, Southampton Blade. Who else did they have on that list? Do you remember? Do you, do you have a list? Oh, there? Uh, no? Brent Henley. No, no. Uh, he would have been like 5'11", big, big, thick kid, man. Uh, played, I think he played around. He played in, uh, in Prince George. Then he played a little bit. He played over in Europe, too. He was tough, man. Good player, too. Um, oh, I can't remember. It'll come to me, but uh just trying to remember. But anyways, we had him as well. and He had a tough team like, back then. Like you said, he was a who's who's on every team. But, yeah, I remember uh, Big Mac, and uh, uh, I was just, I remember, you know, Brian, uh, Rick Carrier, he just said, you know, Roach said my name, and I jumped out there, was in a face-off, and uh, I remember going to, to line up there, and there was right beside me was Steve McIntyre, I knew who he was, you know, and uh, and uh, he's big, big, he's always been big, and uh, yeah, I asked him to go, and uh, he asked me, whatever, and we, we went at it, and he was the first time I broke my nose, actually, he broke my nose, and uh, there's still remnants, of I still never got my own nose fixed since that, you know, obviously I got punched a few times, but uh, yeah, he was he was a big, tough man, and and, uh, you know, he was the very first time I had ever had my nose broken. I was at home over and, uh, you know, I got the better of me, but it was, uh, it was an eye opener because then I, I thought he was young too. So I remember going on thinking, oh, Jesus, man, if this is, this is how it is, this is my first one and this is how it's gone. It's going to be a long, long year, you know, but I was excited. I was back then, you know, you could just get back into it easily and, you know, you're happy to show your shiners the next day or war, your war wounds or whatever. And the guys, the guys were good, you know, nobody said anything. Nobody, nobody was negative, you know, and I, and I was first, I was a little bit, you know, like, oh, I lost my first fight and stuff, but, uh, you know, I was already just, in, I was just happy to be there, you know, and to be able to fight, uh, Mac is my first, pretty much my only WHL fight there on paper was, was, was pretty exciting. No, absolutely. Well, like you said, McIntyre, right? I mean, there's no, no, no shame in losing to, to Big Mac, but, uh, 
Um, well, so you, you actually, uh, you, you had, you get sent that you go to play junior a, you get sent down. Um, I'm interested. You, you end up in Nipawa, um, in the Manitoba league. Um, why did you go to the Manitoba league and not the SJ? Well, I wanted to, I, I tried to, when, when I knew I was going to come back, I thought, oh man, I'm going to be able to play at home now. You know, the, the North Stars are going to take me right away. I didn't know how, who had my rights or anything like that. And but when I called out here, uh, you know, there just wasn't a lot of interest in me. I don't, like for me, I was always a guy that just wasn't um, in town here for a while anyways, where it was just not really, they weren't really interested in me. And they had, you know, I was really surprised. I was kind of choked. I was choked at the time. I remember and I went home and I thought, well, what the fuck, man? I just came from the Western League and North Stars don't want me. They said, oh, you know, maybe we'll we'll take a look at you. We'll let you know. And then the AAA team was sort of the same. And I thought, what the fuck? And, uh, you know, I just out of the blue, I, I remember a uh, uh, big, good family friend back then was uh, was uh, Ron DeLorme, or Eddie DeLorme, sorry, his uh, his brother's Ron DeLorme, but uh, Leon DeLorme was, was a big in- influence in my, my hockey career, fighting career. You know, he's a, he's a guy that a lot of guys know. He played in Laval, played down in the States, and those guys were helping me out every summer, you know, get in shape, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> Leon's a quite a wild man himself, so, you know, uh, I got to learn a little bit of, a little bit about fighting in, in, in that sense, and uh, just a really good guy, so those guys helped me almost all the time, wherever I went, they were always, you know, getting, getting hold of guys like Lebrett and then all that stuff, but uh, it was it was actually uh, Eddie who uh, who asked if I wanted to go play in Nipua, and at that time I said, well, I don't know, I didn't really know anything, I didn't really want to go to Manitoba first, I was really keen on playing in the SGHL, so uh, I went, I went to actually went to go to, Cam- I went to Camsack first, Junior B, they had my rights traded from Fort Capel and I just wanted to skate so I went there I went I never played a game but I skated for one night or whatever and then Nipawa called me and they said hey you want to come over here and they had uh, Garrett Darby uh Reagan's Reagan's brother and uh and they said you know you can play here all the time and you know blah blah blah, blah. And I said okay well might as well it was only a few hours from Camsock so I thought I'd give it a try and yeah I went there and uh he said there it was not, it was nineteen it was nineteen games yeah two hundred ninety five pims and uh, yeah that was a tough league man and I just fell in love with that league uh, obviously I played the rest of my teams in that league and I played with a lot of teams but I, uh, it was as tough as any league that I played in you know back then it was it was a good, good experience in Nipawa, uh we we were the worst team probably in Canada I think I mean really honest to God I think we were. But we had such we had some good guys on there. Shane Brannick, who who's a legend, his brother, him and Mike Brannick, they were they were brothers that were uh, you know well known like, in that league. They were crazy that Wolves had four hundred pins the year before and, and they were just and when I got there Shane was like he was he would fight and stuff, but he was at his last year and he wasn't as crazy as he was the year before. And I guess maybe because his brother wasn't there, he just you know he's twenty, a lot of guys would stay away from him. Another guy like Chris Graff, good guy, but you know, if they'd snap if you know, if if you uh if you wanted to do that, so but it was yeah, they they were another tough tough team up there. You know they yeah. had uh, quite a few guys there too, and I remember Conrad McKay was a guy that right away I, I I looked and saw you know he was the leader in scoring and in penalty minutes that year, which I look at and I go that's not very often that that happens in any league. And he not just had a few points; he had like a hundred and some points or close to hundred points. And then I think he led it in the playoffs too, pims and and in points. So you know that guy was like pound for pound one of the toughest guys I've seen you know to date and. Uh, and the yeah, Ocean was was a tough place to go into, but every everywhere there's Dawson, they had Brad Church, who was a big big man. Like that's another guy. He reminds me of uh, uh, Fedrich, you know, like just just big, like just crazy big guys. And Everett Pahal, and some of these guys are just maybe not household names, but they were some tough tough teams out there. Oh, absolutely, and uh, yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine. There, Conrad McKay, one hundred eleven points, and then four hundred and six minutes of penalties, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and like you said, OCN, and I mean. Um, 
I know when I had I had McIntyre on the show, and of course he played in OCN for a little bit and just loved it. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, just looking at OCN that year. I mean, I'm one of the names I want to talk to you about. Of course, uh, well, you mentioned Conrad McKay. Of course, uh, you know the. Uh, well, unfortunately, two of these guys have passed away. Uh, one being Darcy Johnson, and uh, the other one, of course, being uh, Terrence Tutu. Um, what, what what was it like playing against those guys? Well, actually, Terrence and Darcy, they, they were both guys that I knew growing up before I even got to junior. Uh, Darcy, for one, he was a year older than I was, but when I would play, I would play summer hockey and stuff. Uh, again, Eddie DeLorme and, uh, comes to mind and stuff. He, he would set me up with this. I remember going to Edmonton with this all-native team, and I still have the uh, the team roster, uh, the, the, the whatever, it had every team rosters in it, and whatever, when it was, a, it was a summer all-star thing. I think that's when they had all the, you know, like all the good players would play, uh, you know, Northern Athletic club there in Edmonton and they were just it was a big big you know uh, uh, a prospect tournament you know what I mean all those yeah, yeah. summer summer leagues whatever yeah and this uh, this guy put together an all native team and uh, so I when I oh, well, back in Triple A actually let's go back there real quick uh, I played a little bit in beer I was going to play in Beardies actually and uh, uh, Darcy was there and I lived with Darcy right like I forgot about that but yeah Darcy and I we lived together for a little while out in Duck Lake and. Um, so Darcy, somebody that I, you know, was a really good, was, you know, later on in my career and, and in life, I got, I didn't get to see him as much. And that's something that I, I kind of, I regret a little bit that, you know, we never, we stayed in touch, but we never got to see each other. And that's, you know, it was tough to see that. And, uh, cause he was a great guy, uh, on and off the ice. And, and somebody that was, like I said, everywhere I went, but when I was in, uh, Nipo, I played in OCN the following, the following year, I I got traded like in that summer to OCN. I traveled up, to, like I stopped in by Cowsack. It's where Priestville was, where Darcy was living, and we went up together. And before we got there, I got into some trouble with him. <laughs> we, were, you know, so we had some court dates there. We had to figure out back and forth there for a little bit, but it was it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool experience uh, going up with Darcy. And in camp that year, he actually we were, we were playing against each other there, and he uh, he flashed me on the hand there, just going around the net or something, and he broke my thumb. <laughs> so it was a, that year that I had 543 pims. I had uh, I had a couple of weeks off, like six weeks, I think I missed of the year. But this, Darcy and I, uh, Darcy was a great guy, man. Just tough as nails. Another guy that could play play the game and and, uh, and, and, and again, guys took him for granted. And Darcy was pound for pound. Another guy would put on the list. And uh, 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 Terrence and Jordan, uh, two two uh, great guys again. Uh, Terrence played in that. That old native team with me in uh, in Edmonton, and then we went to Toronto. Uh, we played out there. The same it was it's the next spring we went out there, and Darcy was there as well. We had uh, oh, what was his name? He played in the NHL with Atlanta. He played in in Saskatoon. I don't know if he was native or not, but he he was out with us. And I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, but uh, funny story: we were when we were in Toronto. There, we, me, Darcy, uh, a few of us guys, we went out. Uh, you know, downtown Toronto. We didn't realize that the, you know, the bus routes and stuff and everything to get back to the hotels and stuff. Those things shut off at midnight or one or whatever in the morning. And we, we were downtown. We were having a few pops and you know, we got into. We remember every bar we went to and stuff. We couldn't get into. We weren't of age yet, and, and uh, you know, we we're just baby faced and stuff. But we we ended up getting into Wayne Gretzky's bar right downtown, and uh, we had a few extra pops there. A few, most of them went back with me, Darcy, and then I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Oh, he was tough too. He played a tough, tough role. I wasn't a tough, tough guy, but like he played tough. I don't remember his name. He played for the Blades. He was a year or two younger than us. But Jordan, Jordan, and Terrence were on that. They played as well. And Terrence was a great leader, a great guy. Um, yeah, it was sad news when I heard that he passed away there. Playing against him, another guy that was, you know, he would, he would 
score to anybody, you know, fight anybody. And he did really well, too. Another guy with, you know, his center of gravity and being a smaller, he took guys, uh, guys took him for granted. But uh, in terms of a leader and, and stuff in the community, there was no, no better than uh, Terrence. You know? uh, he, was our, he was our captain in OCM there and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it was tough, tough to hear that news, you know. No, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, just kind of, uh, you know, like you said, that league, uh, that the Manitoba League, I, just to kind of give people uh, an idea of, uh, of how tough that league was, um, you know, like we said, that was the OCN team. And, of course, you know, Winkler um, would have Dallas Anderson and uh, Mike Varhog. Varhog was playing. And then, of course, Dauphin had Cody Thompson. And then um, Colt Orr was playing in the league. Did did, uh, did, you, uh, did you have any run-ins with Colton Orr? No, you know what? When he played in St. Boniface there, he was just young, and I remember playing that. They had another guy. They had two other guys. One other guy, a little, little kind of uh, an older guy. I can't remember his name, uh, but he was tough. He was a tough guy, too, and I used to, I would fight him if I was going to fight him. Colton would fight. Again, I was playing the Nico. We had a few other guys that would fight. Uh, this uh, Curry uh, defenseman guy, he, was, he would fight. He was a... Saskatchewan kid, and so we had a few other guys. But uh, yeah, no, Colton was just that was his first year, and then he went to I guess he went to uh, NHL, he went to the WHL the following year. But uh, again, another guy that you know, you know, when I think about the names, Tristan Grant, um, tough, tough kid, man. I yeah. I remember getting into one with him in Nipah specifically. I know he talked about it on your podcast, so I won't go through it too much. But uh, yeah, he was uh, he was a kid I, I looked at right away. I knew he was going to be going to do good things because he was fearless and uh, I put him in a position that you know I would do to a lot of guys and uh, to test them out and to, to see where they were at and, and I didn't look at anybody as like we were 20 or 16 you know if you wanted to do that role and especially when I came into Nepal I had to make a name for myself and, and I was uh, young and, and willing to go anyone as was Tristan and uh, and uh, so that's something that uh, I remember being as a, a good for Tristan and good for me you know I, I didn't a lot of people didn't realize it at the time but you know he was a really it was a really good test for me as well a young guy that was willing to go that's what kept me going in, in that league is that you know younger guys like that that were willing to go in and 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 uh you know when they when they do well with you and stuff that that gives you confidence in even if you beat the guy and the guy does doesn't do that well but he sticks in there you know I, man i have respect for those guys you know no absolutely and uh well the <laughs> Okay, the following year, 99-2000, you end up, uh, like you said, you were up in OCN, uh, but then you end up, you, you play the season with the Selkirk Steelers, and yeah. uh, you set the Manitoba Junior Hockey League penalty minute record in, 40, in 43 <laughs> games, uh, you had 17 points, but you have 543 minutes in penalties. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, how, many, how, many, like, how many fights do you think you had that year? Oh man, I had lots. I had, I would think, close to forty. I was almost fighting every game for sure. Fight almost a fight a game at least. That's the year that when I started in OCN. So I started in OCN. Uh, Kerry Clark and all that. That's the year that uh, Steve McIntyre was it. The year and the year after Steve McIntyre. No, it was that year. No, it was the year after. I can't remember. Steve was the year after. I think. Uh, yeah, Steve was the year after. But that year there, man, they, they had Steve Reed. You know, they had uh, Steve Reed playing in the in the LNH. You know, yep. uh, a lot of people don't realize that he played there in OCM. You know, I, I remember going there. It was me at the beginning of the year. Me, Braun. Uh, we had this guy Albert Whiteye who was from Ontario, big tall guy. We had uh, uh, Darcy Johnson, Ryan Braun, myself. We had uh, some younger guys, uh, Steve. Uh, just just a, a character of guys. We played Flin Flon one night in an exhibition. I think there was 
oh, there must have been at least 22 majors. That kind of reminds me of my very first game in the LNH. There was, like, no brawl, but there was fight after fight after fight. <laughs> yeah. just nonstop. <laughs> and, uh, uh, again, a little bit of off-ice issues again there in Oceanus. I loved it there, man. And me and Braun were real close at the time. I know he was really upset. He was choked that I, you know, I couldn't keep it together with the off the ice, but, you know, when I left there and stuff, and we had some battles later on. But, uh, yeah, when that year was a, it was a, it was a factor because I got started late with being my thumb being broken. Uh, I stayed up in Ocean till about a little bit over October. I came back and played a couple of games or something, and then they, they traded me to Weiwei, actually. I went to Weiwei Sakapo. And I, I, I played till December there, till the deadline. And it okay. just doesn't say that in, in, the, in my stats and stuff, but that's where I went first. And when I got down there, another team that was just starting out, they uh, weren't very good in the league, but we had some tough guys there. Uh, this guy that I really took to liking to, and he was kind of a bruised brother in, my, in, in that sense that, you know, he would, he would just follow me on, you know, if I fought, he would fight, and, uh, and vice versa. And then you're just really, uh, it, was, it was a good driving force there. Because I was really, I didn't, I was really bummed out that they traded me to Weiwei. I was kind of contemplating, you know, going back to Saskatchewan sitting out at the time, and I thought, you know, but then that's, when I also wanted to, to hit the penalty record, uh, not the penalty record, but I wanted to lead the league and show that, you know, somebody that, you know, they shouldn't have let me go sort of thing. But, you know, it was sort of at that level. But I, uh, yeah, man, I, I started, I, man, I fought everybody I could. Uh, even in OCN, I could fought Darcy. I fought uh, uh, Braun. I never fought Reader. Um, uh, Swan Valley, they had, uh, uh, I think they had Kidbull. They had Chris Manley. They had... Uh, Dallas Anderson was in, actually Dallas was in Swan, and Dallas was a guy that was would elude me for a while. I, he was such a good agitator, man. He could get any team going, man. They would chase him around all game. He wasn't really good, efficient that way, you know. He was cute fight, you know, but he would pick and choose. So guys would get so choked at him, you know, and they would take penalties like me. I would take lots of penalties on the guy because I would flash him, you know. I, I didn't. But yeah, we were we weren't really in the game, so you know right away I wanted to continue to to, to get up those penalties. Who was it taking like deliver penalties? We'd lose games and stuff. But I mean, I was I was chasing Chris Manley down. It was already at around two two something, like just over two hundred pims, like before I even started. And uh, yeah, but I had a lot of fights that year. You know, Winkler said they had uh, Mike Warhog. Uh, they had uh, Oliver McGee, who's not a close no, close old name, but he was six four, six five, good player, but tough. Um, they had a few other guys. I can't remember who they had there, but uh, well, I, I'm looking at one guy that seemed to put up a lot of penalty minutes in Portage. Was Mike English? Mike English. Mike English was a was another guy, five ten, but like just like a wrecking ball. You know, he was another kid that was trying to make a name for himself. So he was fighting quite a bit. Actually, I fought him when I was in OCN. He was my my last fight there uh, up in OCN, and he, you know he did well. He, he told his told his own, but he wasn't a, a true heavyweight. He would he just got caught. In that they had another guy. Uh, uh, and, I can't remember his name either, but he was a resident tough guy. This guy, and he was he was somebody that I took on. I remember I saying, "Hey, we, I remember we were, I don't know, we were lost a few games there in a row, and it was I was thinking, you know, we got to do something to 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 change us, change what how things are going." And we were kind of getting pushed around a bit. I, I our team was pretty soft, even with Derek and I. It just it, it just it just wasn't there. And I felt like we needed to do something and uh, come together. So we were playing in Weiwei, and uh, we were playing actually Portage uh, that night. And uh, I said this to the uh, to Derek Sharp. I say, hey, let's let's start let's start something in warm up, you know. Let's get the guys going, and let's this is our barn, you know. Let's let's just really fucking just pull everybody together, you know. Once we get going, everybody else will go, you know. We don't have nobody has to start it. We all started, we all started, whatever. So Derek was kind of like, okay, man, yeah, he, he sounded all right. I must have really sold it to him. So and I told the guys before warm up, like, this is what's going to happen, you know. Like, so just uh, have my back, basically. And we're I'm fucking we're done getting pushed around and losing, blah 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 blah. And uh, I could tell already that most guys on the team were like, what the fuck's this guy talking? about like he's gonna what 
you know, and uh, I was like, oh, shit, this, but we went out for warm up and we were skating around and within the first two or three laps, I just went right across the uh, right across the line and I grabbed the, the one tough guy there. And he fell down so quick, like he was expecting. Obviously, he didn't know what the fuck's going on. And Derek, I, I remember seeing feeling Derek just catching him on, on the left side. I mean, he skates right past me and he grabs somebody. I think it was English. And uh, I remember getting up and it was like dead quiet, right? Dead quiet. Guys, there's a few pucks shooting around. You know, it's like they're like some guys are like still skating. I remember looking at my side of my team. My team's still skating around. They just want nothing to do with it. It was one of the more, one of the more embarrassing times where you're just like you know, you're like, what the fuck? There was no intensity. In fact, it, it it gave no intensity whatsoever. It was just dead, you know. And I went going to the going to the room, and the coach came in, uh, Barry. Um, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he he was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? Oh, like, we're gonna, you guys are gonna get suspended for twenty games, blah 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 blah." You know, like, how could you do this? Now we're gonna have a, you know, penalties for the rest of the game. <laughs> so he was losing his mind. And when the, when the team came in again, they were giving us a look of shame. And, and uh, you know, but Derek and I, you know, we stuck together on there. And then, uh, you know, I don't regret it. It was pretty funny at the time. If you would have saw it, it was, it was good. I got a few pims out of it, and uh, uh, we only got, I think, two or three games suspension or something. It wasn't too bad. So, uh, yeah, we, we started there, and then uh, I got traded to Selkirk, and uh, I finished up there, and man, I had a lot of fights there and got to play. Um, it was good, actually, that side of the league. Uh, didn't have anybody, so they wanted to they wanted to uh, beef up for the – well, they were on the – they were in a playoff run. So we had to win the last 10 games to get into the playoffs, and we did. We made it. But, uh, yeah, there there was no short of tough, tough guys in that side. Southeast went to Jason Bone, um, uh, Jason Boley, and um, the Chartrand guy, but Bully played later on with me and lived with me, and or for a little bit, and he was lived with him as wife in Quebec, and he did well, he did really well down there, and uh, yeah, Jason Jason Bowen speaks speaks for himself, and he went and played the WHL afterwards, and uh, yeah, so it was tough, man. I I battled my way through that year, and uh, it was awesome, man. I loved it there. Yeah, and like and like you said, you end up setting setting the uh, the the Manitoba uh, league record with. Uh, 543 and uh yeah you're well and i can tell you that record's never going to get broken that's for sure yeah i don't think so and i'm, I'm, I'm proud of that you know i mean uh, think about it that's always something i wanted to do you know i mean there wasn't i mean yeah there were a lot of you know penalties and other things obviously to get 543 you'd be, you'd be unless you're in the quebec league and stuff it would be hard but it was just starting that two-fight rule so it wasn't as easy the year before 295 and I, I fought every game but you'd get a 10 with every fight so you'd get 15 minutes so that's easy to rack up you get another 10 throughout the game you know and a, they were throwing on a lot of 10s are you getting a roughing you know scrums and stuff so you get a 10 the roughing you know it's it's 12 and you didn't really get in a fight and so that's 27 minutes right there so every game it's, it was easy to rack up pims back then and then but the next year when it went to two fights it wasn't as easy you know you'd still get a 10 at the end of it but you'd have to you only get you know you'd you have to work for it and stuff and uh but there was it was easy to get it because there was a rough league it was tough man and uh, they wouldn't kick you out right away either. They weren't kicking you out. So uh, back then there was there was no shortage. We're never there were no nights off either there. So you know uh, that's something I'm very proud kind of proud of. And and uh, yeah, like you say, it, I don't think it'll ever be beat. And so my name should should stay at the top there. Oh, absolutely. All right, uh, back from a little break there. Uh, yeah. So the following year, 2000, 2001, uh, you, you know, you start off in uh, Swan Valley and you play uh, you play 22 games. And then, uh, uh, kind of, uh, uh, so did you get hurt or like, uh, or are they missing your stats here? What happened? <laughs> you know, there's lots, there's a time lapse there and, and some of these stats, they don't, they don't fit, but I got traded to Dawson actually okay. in the off season. 
So they traded him to Dauphin, and Mike Sautner was the coach there, who's uh, related to the Sautners that were in uh, in Oklahoma there. You know, he and down yeah, back there. There's, so he had ties back there, and I uh, was excited to go to Dauphin. They, he talked to me lots, and they had an opportunity to play there. Um, you know, I, I had a few points you know, throughout my career, so I was somebody that could play. I remember in Medicine Hat, Rick Carrier was a good was a good influence in the fact that he would he was practicing me on defense, and then I was playing forward if I played. I mean, whatever. But I would, and then again, same with in Manitoba, I played a lot of defense, but I also played forward, so I could go back and forth. Wherever I went, I got to play. I wasn't a guy that ever really had to sit there, other than when I went to Manitoba to uh, you know when I was in Medicine Hat, I never played hard at all. When I went to uh, uh, all the way up to um, uh, Quebec League, I got to play a fairly regular shift. So when I went to, I got offered, or when I got traded to Dolph, and they were excited, they had, you know, traded me, and, and they were looking, then they were looking for somebody to, to come in and, and fill that role, and they lost a few of their guys, you know, that, that next generation, all that old, you know, Church and uh, Bahal, and uh, they had uh, Donnie Boyle, and um, also Cody Thompson, they were all, they had all moved on, so they needed some toughness. So uh, I went, uh, went there, and I, I uh, had a great time in Dolphin. Again, I had had a, a little bit of an off ice issue, uh, some issues there and stuff. So I didn't get to stay there. But uh, I uh, went home for a little bit, and uh, then right at the trade deadline. So this is right towards the end of the year. Like I was home for about a month and waiting for somebody. And uh, you know, I played for quite a few teams there. The MO was it? You know, on the off today, so it was a bit of a you know, not that I was getting in trouble, trouble, but you know, just uh, too many pops. You know, hanging out, having too much fun off the ice, and and that. Uh, you know, back in junior, just, you know, that, that culture, it, it's not, uh, you know, you're young and stuff, they can't be having guys that are partying and then, you know, so I was going to the bars and stuff and, you know, not, not getting in trouble, like I said, but just, you know, uh, never curfews or anything, but just I would get in the odd, you know, uh, tussle or, 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 you know, just people would be talking about it and, they, you know, they'd be like, oh, man, what are you doing? You know, they, you can't be drinking and stuff and all this stuff. So, you know, I wasn't going to school. I was not one of those guys. So I, you know, I had lots of time on my hands. But um, so that was sort of a bit of a, you know, some people look at his downfall and stuff. But I always enjoyed it. I played it with so many teams there in the Manitoba League. I got to know lots of guys. And, and I don't think any of the teammates there would have been too disappointed with, you know, me doing my job, doing my role. I never went to practice or, or to a game drunk or anything like that. But uh, like I said, so anyways, when I was in Boston, there they sent they uh, put me, like they, they sent me home for a bit, and uh, then I got a call from Jeff Pister, and I remember that you in generally like in the exhibition we were playing Swan Valley, and I remember hearing about this kid uh, Chad Kaziki, and uh, he was just come out of nowhere. He had no prior like I, he just came out of the woodwork, sort of like in Quebec how they have these French guys and guys that would just call us like who is this guy? I mean they were fighting everybody and doing well. So, like, this is another guy that I would class in that sort of a... He, he wasn't the greatest skater and stuff, but he wasn't very big at all. But he was wide and thick, you could tell. And he had just the, he had the look, the demeanor. He had everything to go with that Jeff Pister, Swan Valley team that was, like, at that time, they were playing OCN every other night. So they needed to load up. And that year they had uh, uh, Chris Manley, Chad Kaziki. They had uh, Curtis Tidbull. Um, they had a tough team. And uh, I remember fighting Chad Kaziki in... Uh, in uh, an exhibition, I think it was, in our first league game or something like that, and, and Chad was tough. He just uh, did really well with Darcy Johnson the night before, or the weekend before, so I remember that was the hype on him, and, and I was a little bit nervous going into it, because Jeff was a guy, Jeff Pister, who would beat you, you know, he, was a, he would try and intimidate you with his teams, and also, you know, while you're playing, he was, he was somebody that was very vocal from their bench, and, you know, uh, and uh, he would send guys, not after them, but like after you, but he would try and intimidate you, you know, like send his guys out there together, and, you know, uh, like just, uh, just very Forceful. I mean, I really like that little Jeff. You know, I thought, man, I'd love to play for that guy some year, sometime. You know, when I was sitting at home, but he never thought it was going to happen. 
we have the trade deadline. I get a call from Jeff, and he says, "Hey, man, you, you know, you want if we trade for you, you know, you're gonna you're gonna come here, you know, and we need you to finish the year, and and blah blah. blah. We can't have any troubles off the ice, such and forth, such and forth." But during that that year, this is why I was I got sent home. I got a 20 game suspension. I did a definite suspension at the time because uh, Chad and I, we, oh no, that was when I got traded to Swan Yeah, so I get traded to Swan Valley. So I go there, and uh, OCN had just got Steve McIntyre. So Steve McIntyre, that's the year that Steve was there. And they had Darcy Johnson. They had just traded for my friend Derek Sharp way, way. They had just a list of guys, Ryan Braun, and he was coming into his own. He was, was when he was at his toughest, I believe. And uh, they were just an intimidating team. Like like uh, Steve said, they had a swagger when they went into the, to the rinks. Like they were winning. They knew they had all this toughness. Teams, teams were just blown away by their, you know, who wouldn't be, you know? Yeah. And they were really playing. So it was not like they were just playing like the fight. They were playing regular shifts. So you, you couldn't get away from them no matter what you wanted to do. Just, there was always somebody on the ice, somebody in your face, and if not one, two. And uh, I fought Steve uh, once, uh, once, in the, once before playoffs or once after. Once before and once in the playoffs I fought him. And I remember uh, they were good fights. Uh, he probably got the better of me on both of them. And, uh, uh, but I fought him a couple more times there, and I always remember that. And uh, uh, it was a good time there. But I remember in uh, Swan Valley, as I'm there, um, there's the All-Star break was there that year and uh chad and i got a hotel room and we were, play. we were playing we had the weekend off you know we started out a few pops and laughs and stuff we started to go down to the bar and all the players all the players that were the all-star game with the older ones were there and then there was the coaching staff and all that stuff so we were all down at the bar so the year before that i had a had some issues with jeff jeff uh uh sorry it was a pistol uh i can't remember my coach's name people uh, but he wasn't ever him and i didn't get along with him so yeah he's a very young guy and I uh, just didn't really get to him. We just didn't. And uh, I saw him in the bathroom there when I was at the All Star break, and you know I was you know we were watching this, and he walked in just as I was finishing, and he he gave me a bit of a smirk, like hey, what's going on, man? Like you know, trying to be a nice guy, but just basically not really, you know, just being a kind of a. And uh, so I'm washing my hands and stuff, and he's finishing up, and I just I turned around, and he was just you know get upset. He looked at me, he's like, "Hey, what's going on? Please get out of my way, kid." Is how I just I don't know. So anyways, I ended up headbutting him, and I knocked him out in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I walked out like nothing happened, and I go instead of just walking out of there, I could just walk out of there. I don't know, I had to go have a beer, and I'm sitting there like nothing happened. I tried. All of a sudden, people are going crazy. Like, what's going on? I don't know. I didn't take very long to so you know, it was me, you know. And uh, Chad, you know, he was there. He was there, but he didn't know anything about it. And so I got called in the office, and the league suspended me for the rest of the year, which was about 20 games. And uh, Jeff sent me home, and he was just choked. And, uh, uh, but anyways, great right, right playoff time, I got a call. And I said, hey, hey man, you're, you're back, you're reinstated. And they, you know, for the playoffs, we were playing OCN, and that's when I fought the, uh, Steve. We went six games, I think, with them that uh, playoff that playoff year and it was uh it was a good time but uh, i remember coming back there and going oh you know uh obviously it was there for a reason there was an article in the paper and they were talking about you know ocn and stuff and i remember the line was just, they were talking about oh ocn had steve mcintyre darcy johnson and then swan valley has you know, and then they said oh and then there's always you know jordan roach you know you never know what you're going to get with him you know he's he's unpredictable basically <laughs> i thought well that's not, what the fuck you know uh, and uh so i kind of taken aback by that but at the same time i was sort of how it was for me i was well, been unpredictable a little bit on the ice sometimes like that and off the ice and, and so but yeah I, I enjoyed it there in Swan and uh, tough tough league no absolutely and uh, well there you go that's the first there's a first for the fourth line boys uh, <laughs> headbutting the coach headbutting the opposing coach in the bathroom uh, uh, well you know we do crazy things when we're kids I guess but uh, yeah yeah exactly that's something that we, you know, 
kind of proud of him. You know, it's, you know it was, I thought it was the rumors of the game. Uh, the story is like how I said it, and uh, you know, said that's the way it goes. That's the way it is. Well, there you go. Well, the following year is a uh, uh, like I said, it's it's it's. We'll check the timeline here. Uh, did you start the year in BC in Langley? No, I actually finally got traded home to my hometown in North Alfred. Okay, so it was my twenty year old year, and I ended up going sometime. So Jeff, uh, you know, he, he was. Uh, I lived with him actually. Jeff when he came back to the playoffs and stuff, there, you know, and he was a great guy, man. And uh, so he, when the summertime, I asked for a trade home, and uh, he talked to the guy here. And I, this summer, my mom's place, my mom and dad's place in North Battleford was only a few blocks away from the Civic Center in North Battleford. So I was walking there, and I knew the guy, he was in the office there, and I would just go and walk over there and talking to him before he was a, even a North Star. And I just sat there and bullshitted with him every other day, and, and then eventually he traded for me, and I, I got to come home and. We had uh, another. We had a really tough team there too. Uh, Jason Goulet. We had myself. We had uh, uh, Drew Bagnell, who played uh, later on in the American Hockey League and they did well. A uh, good player, but you know, tough. Um, we had uh, well, John Rastin went there after I was, but uh, they, we had we had a really tough team. We had this uh, Kurt Bensmiller, who played a little bit in, in Quebec League. I think he went over there. We had uh, we had a tough, tough team. Uh, Sheldon Rafus is a guy. who was another tough guy. And I just, it was a good good chance to be home there. Again, I had some off-ice issues as well. But this one here, it was just being from hometown and stuff, I, again, I was well-known. And, and uh, you know, off-ice, I was able, I would get into tussles here and there I'd get ready for hockey. Because I looked at it in the training, sort of. <laughs> and I carried on all throughout my time in North Battleford. And I just was, I couldn't escape, you know, from the limelight of that kind of stuff. And uh, eventually it, uh, it, you know, they got sent to me, you know, brought me in and said, hey, Rochi, we're going to have, we're going to watch you go. When I came to the, there was a team in BC didn't want you in Langley, and I said, "Oh, the BC," and I kind of was like, ah, "I don't know, Twins, you know." But now they weren't very; they weren't the top team in the league or ever. But I thought, oh, "Okay, well, what are you going to do?" So I go up to Langley, and uh, you know, they treated me awesome there. I, I, uh, I think I played uh, how many how many games does it say I have there in Langley? Eight, eight. Yeah, yeah. I didn't play very long, but I had uh, another tough, tough league. You know, uh, actually, Tidbull was out there too. He was playing for. Uh, well, I can't remember who they was. Burnaby, playing for, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, Burnaby. That's right. Yeah, yeah, Burnaby and uh, Kazik. He was back out. He had got traded out there. He was playing in Kukrikum. Um, but it was tough, man. It was tough. Victoria had like every team again. You know, out there, same same reason. And so it's really good. So, uh, uh, but it, there it was different. You know, it was such a big league, and they were spread out throughout all the mainland, and it, you know, lots of travel. Good. The emphasis on really good playing, and, and you know, it wasn't as rough and as tough as the MG, but again, every night, you know, I remember uh, this guy in Chilliwack, Dan Mahi, and I have the actual video of it. I have a little bit of a fight tape. It's with a few of my junior, I'll get it out to you. Uh, Absolutely. You enjoyed it. Yeah, and I should have got that to you sooner, but I do have Leon, actually, Leon Dorma, I have to always thank that guy. He always got tapes. I don't know where he got them. He's, I got my fights from uh, Bakersfield when I was there later on, and then some of my junior fights, and man, like, with, I don't know where he got them or how he got them, but he had his own same thing, and uh, I remember taking the copy from his fights, and I still have it. And, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I remember Dan Mahi, and he was, he was talking to him, he was talking to Dan Mahi, he said, and Phil, like, we had it on there, it's a really good fight. I ended up dropping him right towards the end of it, but it was my second game, I think, there, and, and it, it, it uh, it set the it set, paved the way for guys really respected that and uh, and then uh, guys were talking about me in the league. But uh, again, I got an incident with you know just before Christmas there. I, I went, me and a couple of guys went to this uh, nightclub bar there. Uh, it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know. I was told not to go to this place. It was like it was on a beach. It was like 
<laughs> so we went all we had a few days off. It was like a week off or something we had. So everyone so we went out and and I ended up getting this guy is outside and I don't know if fight breaks so this guy ended up stabbing me. He stabs me, with, but he cuts me with a box cutter knife, uh, not a real knife. So at the time, I didn't know. He more or less like so cutting through uh, uh, insulation. You know how it frays open. So that's sort of how he caught me in the side on the left side of my uh, stomach, and then on my arm. I got it right down my forearm. You can know I have a scar that's about uh, close from my wrist all the way to my elbow. He got me there, and I was wearing a really heavy sweater, so I didn't know. And then at the end of it, then we were driving away, and the guy that I was, two guys that I was with, they had this little Ford Ranger, and the three of us are packed in there and trying to get out of there and driving away. And my buddy's like, holy shit, man, look at your arm. And I look at my arm, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? And uh, as they're looking at my arm, the other guy's driving, he's like, oh, fuck, your side's wide open. Like, uh, so I remember that by that time, I don't, and then after that, I passed on, but I am waking up, and I remember the coach being there, it was a good guy. And uh, Ryan Walter was actually the, the one of the owners there. And they came and talked to me, and you know they liked my style of play and everything. And but uh, they just that that they knew I was twenty, and they weren't sure how long I was going to be. The uh, you know if I was going to well, if I could recuperate from that or not. But they said you know if you when you get better, you know there's some teams that were calling, and uh, there were two really good teams. It was Dayton Valley in Alberta and uh, Humboldt, Humboldt Broncos in Saskatchewan. So I said, well, well I'd love to go to Humboldt, and so they traded my rights to Humboldt, and that. That last year there, I, I went back and I actually played. They had me play about a uh, month of junior B just to get back in shape. Once I was, you know, able to skate again, um, and it was a great time there too. They they were real well known, obviously. You know, with those guys there, the the, the Saskatoon, um, uh, what they're they called, uh, the junior B team, the Royals. Royals, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, and we, that was another tough. At that point, there was lots of tough guys. It was a good league. Uh, our goalie was Chad Remco, who played for the Blades or played for the Regina Pats. We just had a really good. It was a really good time there. I was a little reluctant. I guess my ego and stuff. Uh, I was a little bit choked that they would send me down there. But you know, I, I could understand. Once I got there, I didn't think about it, and I had a few fights there. Then I went up to finish the year in Humboldt. There played a few regular season games, and then uh, in the playoffs, I got to play uh, pretty much a regular. I was pretty much in the lineup for every game except for the last two in the final. But uh, I think I had seventy-five pims in the playoffs and a few points and uh you know Dion Hyman was there yep. uh another guy I grew up kind of playing native hockey with and stuff he was unpredictable that's an unpredictable guy on the ice yeah <laughs> and yep. tough tough as nails too but he might stick you in the face too at the same time so you know you have to be careful around him and he he was a guy that that, that I that I lived with there in Humboldt and uh, we were quite fair with face as well and uh, and had lots of fun but uh we were just shy we lost in game seven to uh Kindersley and it was that was the end of my uh, junior career but uh so I played for quite a few teams and uh like all the guys down there, everywhere I played it was a great place to play and I always enjoyed that you know getting traded and that always told me that you know another team wanted me you know like I said oh your suitcase and all that stuff but you know what there was always a team that was willing to take me and take a chance on me and and uh you know I put up a few numbers anyways and have lots of good memories and played with a lot of good guys no, absolutely. Well, and lots of fights. And lots of fights. Oh, well, yeah, you definitely had a lot of fights. Um, <laughs> well, oh, one, oh, yeah, like you said in that in the SJ at that time. I mean, I know one of your fights was against uh, Marasty. Uh, yeah. How did yeah. that? How did? How was it fighting John? And how did that go? Uh, Johnny, uh, well, like Leon, Leon Dorn, that's his uncle. Um, Johnny was coming up there. Like he was, all, he was a year, a year younger than I was. So he followed, he followed, like, I was always behind or ahead of him. Like, so it was not ahead of him, but, like, and I didn't even leave. So he would play AAA, I would be playing junior year. He was in the Western League with Tri-City and the uh, PA and stuff. I was following him, and he was following me. 
piece of metal, you know, but he was spending a lot of time on his battlefield, I, you know, and uh, at the time, both our Eagles, you know, were pretty big and, and still are a little bit in terms of, you know, like, you know, we, were, we always wanted to put on a show and we were, especially being from home, North Royal Alfred, and I knew that when he got sent to Humboldt or to uh, Flin Flon, they, uh, I knew that it was finally we were going to have to, we were going to go at it and we get to test and see how, how I would do and, and he would do and stuff. And I was confident back then, very confident, as was he. But, uh, you know, at that time, Johnny was, he's always been the same fighter. He's good with both hands, wide open. Um, it's never changed. You know, obviously, there's no, there's no denying his, uh, his, his uh, resume and, and what he's done. And, and man, I'm, I'm super proud to say that I got, he gave me a chance and I you know I got to take him on. Obviously, a little bit younger. I fought him a little bit later in the career, but, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good even fight, I believe. It was a long one. I was in North Alford here, so it was good, man. And, uh, that's, I, there's a video of him and Jason Galay. That's the same game he fought Jason. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, back then, even then, he was fighting all the big guys and it was just, it was, you know, it was, they were good fights toe to toe and, uh, yeah, it was a really good one. I wish I would have had that one on tape, but I don't. Uh, you might be in luck. I think I have that on tape because that fight with Galay oh. on YouTube is from me. I put that up, and I got oh, that, nice. I got that footage from John because his family oh, wow. his family recorded it. So if it was in the same game, I would assume your oh, fight is wow. on there too. So I'm gonna that would be awesome, man. Yeah, after we're done here, I'm gonna go. Di- what number are you wearing? What number would it be? Uh, Thirty nine. I was wearing. Okay. I think at I, that time. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna uh as soon as we hang up here, I'm gonna get that D V D out and I'll go look for you. But uh Yeah, and I remember too, they they allowed us to take our helmets off. That game it was one of the only games that, that I can recall in junior even really that they allowed us to the the refs were from talent here and stuff and they were even asking before the game and the pregame and stuff. They're like, You you guys gonna fight or are you guys gonna you know, I was like, Oh yeah, I saw it. even back then, you know, the culture of hockey, what, what a difference it is, you know. Oh, they yeah. and they knew we had respect for that we weren't gonna cause and they didn't want to brawl. We we weren't gonna be like that. And so they let us square off, kick our back buckets off and I remember at that time everybody was like, Oh we were looking at the bench a little bit because it was three game suspension back then if you took off your own helmet but uh, like the rest there just gave us fives and then that was it and, uh, uh, yeah Johnny was uh, yeah I remember that I was, I was nervous excited and uh, still thinking about it yeah that would be awesome to see that again and, uh, and knowing that, that I had that on tape that would be awesome absolutely um, well that wraps up the, the your junior career um, I was going to ask you when you were talking um, in terms of the fighting and stuff um, when did you find that you finally kind of got comfortable with it and like when you go into a fight you you know you're were you kind of thinking about what you were going to do and you know what hand to grab or where did everything you know because they always say when you first start out fighting you know you're kind of spazzy and it's everything kind of goes black and you're just sort of swinging when did it kind of slow down when did it get calm and or did it ever get calm for you uh you know what i i'm trying to say you was there before the, you know, before the actual fight, you know, that I can say to you, like, that that's the toughest role of any sports, any job that I believe that there is out there, other than, you know, some of these first responder jobs, and, you know, those kind of things, but the adrenaline and the, and the anxiety, before. I was never scared, like, you know, I wasn't scared, scared, I mean, I, was ner- I would be nervous, or, you know, I'd be thinking about a guy, you know, you're, you're going up against these guys, John, whether it would be John Marasty, uh, Kyle Federich, Josh Dobb, any of these guys, even if you're in the same lineup as them, you know, just just the anticipation that there could be, you know, you that 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 you that you could be going these guys. I mean, let's uh, to think about that. You know, it was like uh, it was never. I never looked comfortable with that. You know, it was always something that I, I 
well, he named Joy, but I, I also, I knew who came with, if I had it, I was assuming that everybody else had it. You just don't really think about it, you know, that uh, the time you just, you know, when you're younger too, it's, it's easy, you don't, you get that anxiety, it's not really anxiety, it's just more of an excitement, you know, you, you know, you're, you're getting excited to get in there and maybe play the game, even just be in the lineup, you know, you don't even know that, that that's when you get in the lineup and you're like, okay, you're excited to see who's there and, you know, and stuff, and you, maybe I fought, I took, uh, you know, those would fight guys, maybe I shouldn't have gone, you know, in camps and stuff, and I do, all right, and stuff, but yeah, no, being comfortable, uh, you know, my last year, there was a little confidence. Obviously, I'd fought quite a few guys, and then it was easier to once I got in there. Uh, wasn't like I didn't really have a specific style. I wasn't super wide open uh, like when I was in a little bit in camps and junior, like you know, earlier in my career and just started. I guess just starting my career, but you know, I wasn't uh, that that was never wide open as joining in some of those guys. But uh, you know, I, I was more of a, a little bit of a technical fighter, I guess, and I could throw both hands. But uh, no, nah, no. I just I, once I get into the fight, I'm I'm pretty comfortable. You know, I I, can, I watched a lot of fight tapes. He was a guy who wanted to see Leon Dorn was a guy. I keep bringing Leon, but he always had fight tapes. He was one of the guys that started me with the fight tapes. And uh, when I got to pro, this guy, the Polish Hammer, he's, it was his, it was his name online. Yeah, he was a guy down in yeah, and he sent that, that guy was such a good guy. He sent me so many DVDs, and you know when I had friends that I had. I don't know how they. I don't have one of them that he sent me. He sent me one from every league, every league, any fight that's ever been. Man, I think he had me on. I wish I could get those again on DVD. And um, but that's I would study those, man, like religiously, just watching guys and, and seeing that. I was just interested on in everybody's style, and and then and that helped me uh, when I go in there and fight guys. You know, a little bit more confidence, being comfortable with it. You know, I don't know, say comfortable, but like you said, yeah, just yeah, it was easier once I got you know a little bit later, later in my junior career, but it. Then it goes right out the window again when you go to Quebec. It's like starting all over again. Now you're starting to, now once you get to that league, that was a whole different story, you know? But, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get there. But, uh, yeah, well, the following year you turn pro and you're, you're heading to, uh, sunny California. That's, uh, yeah. how, how did you end up in Bakersfield? Uh, here we go again. Leon, uh, he played, uh, his coach was the assistant coach, uh, Baker, so which uh, was a French guy, and I fucking can't remember his name now. Um, oh, uh, I want to say I can't remember his name. So I apologize, but uh, good guy. He was a real stern, like old school kind of coach. But he was the assistant coach, and Leon was supposed to. He was going to sign there, but he was had his hunting business at that time. He wasn't able to go till later. He ends up always coming down for a little bit in November, late December, like late November, early December. But he was. He, but so before he went there, he talked to him in the summer. And, and uh, I had calls from a few other places, but when I got a call from him, Paul Kelly was the coach, and he called me, and he said, you know, we're looking for a guy, and come in and stuff, and I didn't know much about the league at that time, but I, man, I was just super excited to know my first contract, full contract, it was like the NHL, basically, to me, I don't know, California, no Bakersfield, never heard, and, uh, um, but there was a guy in that league that I ended up fighting quite a few times with. He was down there, so I, f- I figured it was going to be it was a legit league. It was Brad Booth, and uh, he played Labrette and a uh, big, big native kid. Uh, so I was like somebody, you know, I was one of the first three or four guys signed that year, and uh, I still have the clipping and stuff. And Bakersfield was a great place, man. To this day, if it, if I could ever go back to any of the places I played and be there, it would be Bakersfield, man. I I was the the resident tough guy on that team that we didn't have anyone else. So uh, well, we had Sean Byron, who was who was a 
awesome guy. You know, one of the first times when I get into the dressing room, I meet Sean, and he's he's so so going, and he he played with a guy that I, that was like a kind of a hometown uh, name here for the North Stars it was was Martin Smith, who uh, was a was a really good goal scorer. He played over in Europe with them, I guess, and he he right away he's got stories about Marty, and we just he just kicked it off right off the hop. And my captain was Paul Willett, who who might not be a whole household name, but a lot of guys that played pro might wouldn't know wouldn't don't know Paul. He was older too. Who's just finishing up his his career, but he was a shit disturber on the ice. He's our captain. Um, had a lot of fun with him off the ice. Uh, he and I, you know, I don't know if his wife would say the same thing about you know, me hanging out with him. If that was a good influence on or not, but uh, we had so, so much time, so much good times there in Vegas and stuff. Um, and the fighting, you know, uh, great crowds around too. Right there, uh, one of all the schools always had consistent good fans, loyal fans, nice arena. Uh, again, really real cool. And a step up to from you know every year you go and every team will go hold oh, and like I'm talking about OCN and these guys have like a lot of them move on but as I go to the next league you know now you've got guys that have been there before and they have new names you know but the names that are like oh they're big men and you know strong men we had David Dyer I can remember him uh, fighting a guy in Fresno and. I remember in camp they were saying, "Oh, David Bell," and I'm looking up the stats and seeing, "Oh, it's good, good stuff." He was kind of a quieter guy, and I thought maybe I'll take him on, you know. But in pro, you don't they don't do that. It's not really like, you don't try out for it. You're fine. They bring in a couple extra guys or whatever to skate during the week. It's just sort of it's just uh, routine. But it's not a, it's not the camp that I thought like where I was used to. You know, I didn't have to do that. It was like at all. And but even then, I would. I was kind of around. We ended up fighting or anything, but uh, we played Fresno, and I, I found out very quickly how tough David Bell was. Uh, you know, he was one of the first guys I saw do body shots, and man, he crippled this guy. Like uh, I don't know if it was Persovsky, it was somebody else. Uh, uh, big, another tough guy though, and he and he dropped him. He handed him, you know, he could really handle himself. And he only fought a few times, but a big uh, in Fresno there they had Brad Booth, and we fought probably eight or nine times, maybe ten times that year, every game. I couldn't. Me and him would go every game, pretty much. And uh, you know, but he was tough. He had a he had a right hand that his first shot was if he if he hit you, he would put you out, pretty much. You know, she so had to stay away from that. But uh, we had good battles. Uh, Fresno, you know, you're playing every team. You're playing 13, 12, 14 times a year because the, the amount of teams wasn't very many, and the travel. You know, we wanted to travel, so you know we played uh, Fresno uh, quite a few times. We played. Uh, San Diego, Ashley Langdon wasn't there, but they still had a tough team. They had Sandro Sabraca, who I who I battled down there. He was a young guy too, but uh, really good, really good fight. I got that one on tape actually too. Um, well, so uh, Ch- uh, Kyler Willis was there. I never got to fight Kyler, but I remember Kyler. He was one of the first guys. Kind of really, I was never good with the with talking on the ice. You know, I, I, I always wanted to be good, like cook on the tongue and you know be able to you know chit chat because I that's something I really enjoyed like watching you know, just go off those guys. Some of even Chris doesn't even so fast, but he could talk quick. You know, he he was really witty, really quick, and you know he put guys in their place quick, and, and those guys and they, and people respected that too. You know, young guys he he caught like oh, okay, but I remember Tyler. You know, he would come by our bench and he would look at Paul Kelly and be like, come on, put the kid on, man, come on, give the shift. You know, and I didn't know what to say. You know, what are you going to do? I fucking freaked out. They had uh, Roger Maxwell. Who, you know, I remember Neil and showed me this guy, Roger, was somebody that I right away keyed on to as being a, a legitimate heavyweight guy that played in the American League. And, you know, big, big, intimidating guy. And uh, the first couple of games we played, he wouldn't fight me. You know, and Tyler, you know, he would hear again, he was always beating me from the bench and stuff. I just never got an opportunity to go him. But we were playing in Fresno one night, and I remember uh, 
uh, Roger asked me to go right off the draw. He was down, uh, I think, our end or their end. I can't remember off the face-off. And he sort of followed me around. He got the upper hand on me at the beginning of that one. And he caught me. You know, it didn't really beat me too bad. But he didn't look that good, I didn't think. And uh, so I knew I you know, wanted another shot at him. And he, and he did. He gave me that game. I fought him, uh, uh, I think it was the beginning of the third, or right after a goal or something in uh, the second period, I think. And uh, I got that one on tape. And it was a one-punch. And I caught him just right at the beginning. He was coming in to grab me. And I caught him right on the button. And I dropped him. I didn't knock him out, but he went down. And I remember he was he was choked. I remember him being really choked, you know. He knew and I knew. I didn't make a scene. I didn't you know, put my hands up or anything. to went to the penalty box, but I knew he'd be gunning for me. Uh, the rest of that game, anyways, you know, I didn't I didn't fight him. But uh, I actually never played him again. Uh, but he was he was a big, strong, tough, intimidating guy. And I give Roger a lot of respect, too, because later on in, in Quebec, you know, I never got to fight him. But he's somebody I talked to a little bit off the ice. And, and somebody I, you know, it was uh, he was supposed to play in St. John when I first got there. He was a name they were talking about. They were signing him or going to sign him. And so I was looking forward to playing with him and and, uh, and stuff like that. But, yeah, Bakersfield was an unreal place. That's somewhere I'm going to well, you, you mentioned kind of just uh, guys that could talk and could beak and everything else. Uh, before we leave and get to the Quebec League, I have to ask you about a guy on Bakersfield because, of course, everybody, when I say the name, will know who I'm talking about because there is the famous clip on YouTube of later on of him playing in Rockford and beaking Chelios and Hatcher and all those guys because he's mic'd up. But you played with Jason Ralph. <laughs> Jason, yeah, you know what? Uh, Jason was a good teammate, man, and yeah, he did. He, he could talk with the best of them, and that's something that you know that that was good. That was good to have because you know I never played on the other side. I mean, obviously Tyler, but really quickly with Tyler, well, you had Jason Ralph. So Jason Ralph would would be on my right away. He would be able. He would just take that away, you know, instantly. So. Tyler, as much as he, he was able to get get me a little bit spurred up and stuff and be able to talk quickly, Jason had something to really say. And, you know, and, but at the same time, you know, Jason was a guy that was playing a lot, so he's playing good. Uh, I don't think he, he didn't really quite get going like he did there in the, in the United League there and stuff that people see. Uh, wasn't the league, wasn't, uh, wasn't a crazy league in Vegas. So, you know, every team had a heavy weight and every team had, you know, but again, it didn't really, nothing was really out of, like, out of control. And I never saw Jason get. That, uh, and, and he never got in this position where I had to go and defend him or get in there because of his mouth, you know, or anything like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was definitely somebody that could chat really good. <laughs> he had he could keep little guys in their place real quick with his mouth, but like and and then set them down. So it was it was interesting to play with Jason. But again, he was a good player, good teammate, and uh, yeah, he moved on to do play a few other places. And uh, yeah, so. But uh, well, okay. The following year, here we go. You end up in the Quebec League. And, um, how, well, how did you end up there? And, uh, of course, right away you get there in August and you're playing in St. John. And, uh, what's your first impression? Well, okay, we'll start with how did you get there? And what's your first impression of the league? <laughs> so in the, in the springtime, uh, they're still playing. They're playing in the playoffs. Uh, and I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about this league. I hadn't heard uh, not a word of it. Not never. And this guy calls me out of the blue, and it's this French French guy, and I know Brian Rasmussen touched it on a your podcast. It's that French Canadian accent, Italian mafia style, yep. like just like something you never heard before in your life. And he calls me up, and he's like, you know, uh, you come here, we put on a show, we pay you good money, we, we're very interested in you. Uh, he starts naming off guys, and he says Troy Crowder. I think he says his first name he said, and I was like Troy Crowder. And uh, he's like, yeah, well, we want to bring you in for next year. We, you think about it, we send you a package. So he sends me this pack, this videotape uh, of, of the league. That's all he sent me. He said he was going to send me a package. He sends me the roster of that playoff 
game, one of the playoff games that they were just finished. They just finished up, I think. And it was the their roster, the Laval Keyslaw roster and the St. Jean roster. And so when I'm looking at this roster, some of the names I didn't know, but I studied them in the summertime to see. And I, even then, I mean, you can study all you want. And if you don't, you see the penalty minutes. But again, I didn't realize, you know, it's still like, okay. But then when I watched the videotape, um, it starts off with an intro and it has all these different fights, like just like a montage of like all their fights and the like, crazy music that I'd never heard before. And I'm sure you probably have that tape. I'm sure you've seen it. But uh, then there's the... The, they really focus on the game, like the playoff game with the, the Chiefs and, and them. And there's the one instance where this guy's up on the penalty box and he's sitting there and there's a brawl. And Mike Virginia comes in just out of the radar. Like you can barely see it. It just, they just, you just missed, like it just catches a little. You see that guy's legs are up in the air and he's in the penalty box. Like he's, all you can see is this guy's legs. And Virginia had gone over there and gave him a sh- knocked this guy out and just all hell breaks loose. And it's just, I'm watching it. But even that, you know, you, you know, unless you're there, you don't really, I'm like, yeah, I was young and I was like, it was really the money that got me there. Bakersfield, I was making, you know, uh, minimum, like, or, you know, I was making, like, the, the least amount, even after we take a pay cut so they could be under the, under the cap there or whatever it was. And uh, so I was like, yeah, it wasn't that big. But when they offered me whatever they offered me was cash back then, too, they told me, yeah, it's cash. And, you know, we'll take care of you this way and that way. And uh, you won't have to fight that much because we got all these guys. And blah, blah, blah. Well, I didn't have to fight that money. I was like, oh, okay, well, it's good money, man. You know, I just had a baby daughter the year before, uh, and uh, so I was, you know, to make some money, so I said, okay, well, I'll check this league out. And then he tells me about when to be there. He goes, okay, well, we're going to, like, talking a little bit in the summer. He called me this Tony Churchill, asked me about guys, or telling me about the guys that he was signing. Um, and the, the names he'd bring, I didn't even know some of the names. He off to me and stuff. What do you think about this guy and that guy? And we're going to bring in Roger Maxwell and... Uh, who else did they have? Carlisle Lewis was another name. Uh, they ended up those two were coming, but I mean, they signed me, and then they had, to, you know, it was like, holy man, you know, okay. And uh, he says, August, beginning of August, we're going to fly you in and uh, for training camp. And then uh, we played the big, big, big show we put on. We're done. We played two games there. And then we're done, and then St. John. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, when? And that was like August. I think the first week in August. And I was like, holy shit. So. I remember getting in a fight off the ice in, in the summer. I was fighting quite, quite a bit off the ice and, you know, having some fun and stuff. And I remember going there and my, my equipment, it got lost on a, it was a mismatch or something that I told you there before we, t- we talked or before doing this podcast there. I get off the plane and, and uh, um, this girl's there to pick me up in Montreal and she takes me out to St. John's. So it's about an hour, an hour trip, whatever, and we get that. Takes me right to the rink. I get there and there's only a couple guys skating and it's Steve Mayron. Steve Bossy and one of the friends there, but those were the two, the very first two guys in that I saw that I met from my team. Um, uh, Steve was supposed to be playing with us. He did play that those two ex- the one exhibition team at home, and then his rights or something made with his wherever he lived, his only right side. But Dan had his rights, so he had to go out there. And then playing Steve a few more times that beginning of the year, but that's how I got out there. And um, man, it was crazy just that, getting off that plane. But to get there, Tony Churchill, he, he's somebody that I always relate to how crazy that league is. I don't give one up, but Brian talked about him, and, and he, he's, a, he's an influence with, with me throughout the beginning of my career there, uh, like an influence getting there and, and also then leaving. <laughs> well, were you, it's, when you get there at St. John, were you there when Link Gates was there? I was. Uh, no, no, not St. John. I wasn't. Link was after me, but he was in the league. He was in, uh, I don't know if he was one of the... One of the the eastern teams, or one of the teams outside of like like in Quebec City. Then there was like uh, Pont Rouge, and uh, I think he was in Jean I'm pretty sure that's where he was. 
with uh, one of those teams, anyways. But yeah, he was in the league. No, he was in Granby. He was in Granby. That's where he was. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, we had the young guys there. We had Dean Mayrand at the beginning. Dean, we had uh, Dan Tice. Uh, my, I, I had my friend, I had them like, it was so easy for them when I got there. I was like, uh, living in this house. Like, I'm the very first person in that house that today, that Brian talks about in his podcast with you. Um, so I show up there, there's a brand new, pretty much a, it's not a brand new house, but you know, they had refurbished the house. And it was just like, they just basically bought this house for the guys to stay in. And, uh, so I, I basically, you know, we're going to have a couple more guys living there, but you know, we'll be the first time there for the first couple of days that I was there, I was by myself, it kind of sucked. I didn't know anybody, Dean, obviously, and Dean would come by. Or, like, I, didn't, I didn't have my skates, so I couldn't skate even. So I was there for the first little week or so without any equipment, and I'm just kind of like, oh, this is little But then Rasmussen comes, and then, you know, we had Wes Winston, Paul Vincent, uh, Paul Willett I got. I talked to I talked to the Tony Churchello, so they get Paul, comes down, drives down from California. Um, my friend Derek Sharp that I played junior with, he comes out for the – the first two exhibition games and he plays and he he uh, that very first game in Verdun we were both in the lineup um what a crazy man that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life uh that first that very first game exhibition against Verdun that's something well, I've never very, it was August 29th in Verdun and you fought twice you fought Paul Shantz and Mark, and Mark Tardif yeah yeah um I remember in in getting there just getting to the rink and I remember Dean you know and, and I mean obviously before we even started playing with him, we had you know I got to meet John Hewitt and I, and then he was he's a good friend you know I talked to him quite a bit here now a little bit once in a while and uh, Aaron Bowl uh you know just my office experience with these guys before even getting to this team you know you can just tell they're telling the stories and you still you can't really grasp it until you get there but we get there and we're done and as we're getting off like we travel there so we don't travel as a team we're traveling there on our own and uh we show up and outside this rink i remember this lineup there's a lineup already starting there's a big molson x uh which is a big beer in montreal there uh truck and they're, they're taking off these 24 uh, slots of beer into this arena and it's we're not playing in verdun's arena we're playing in some other small small arena like i don't know if you've been in north balford but there's that balford arena or like uh the shrawl or something you know like it wasn't a arena that you know you would fit if you could pack in a thousand people it would be packed but it would be they would be right there on you it was just typical for that league at the, and especially for that very first game man the place is full in the in, in the warm-up i remember going out there and that's when I really knew because I'm looking at now. I'm looking at who they had. They had Joel Terrio, who I'd never seen before. They had Dodie Wood. They had uh, you know Mark Tardoff. They had Paul Shanks. They had man. It was just the music and the crowd. Man, I've never seen a hockey crowd that was like that. They were all like guys that were like I don't know, just like there was no family, no kids. <laughs> if there were kids there. They were there to like again. It was just it, it fit into that league, and that's where I was. It started to dawn on me that this is some somewhere. That I've never never thought of would ever take place, and and I've got nothing bad to see, but it was a great one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in in terms of like man, and that's where you find out uh, you know where you stand in, in toughness uh, throughout your pro career or whatever hockey career, and that's where I measure the tape like right there. That's the NHL to me was there because like you know that some of those guys played in the NHL and uh, or just come down or whatever. I played with Donald Barcia and later on and stuff like that. So like man, that but that first game man, like I, like you said there, I thought. Chance and Tarso wasn't really part of the whole craziness, but there was the fight after fight. That first, before the, the puck drops, there must have been eight or nine fights. You know, uh, there was a brawl. I remember my friend Derek Sharp. He gets into a bit of a scrum, but his office, this is the office part of like the show, where I remember uh, our owner who was at uh, Julian Rem- Remnerger or whatever. 
his family owned this uh, uh, garbage company and stuff. And he was he had, he was really intensely in, involved in the team at that time. He really wanted to do done any team really toughness and and uh, we had good fans and St. John. So, but I remember that game. Uh, Derek had got kicked out, and there was something going on. There was a guy in Verdun who was a bit of a who was a who was a shit disturber and stuff. And he was always talking and getting starting shit and stuff. And he's in the penalty box. This guy and. So out of the blue, I don't know, I see Derek, he's across the ice, he's already kicked out, he's in his plane clothes, he goes down, he, he reaches over the glass, and he's like, I don't know, he threw a cup, or he, he gets in it with this guy in the penalty box, basically, you know? It's not a big, big fight, but it's the crowd that grabs Derek, and like, I remember them, like, they were trying to, like, kill Derek, and he's got no one there, he's by himself, you know, this is, and like, uh, Derek's only six foot, you know, he's he's a uh, very vocal, very good guy, but he's not like the toughest guy in the world, but he, you know, and, and I remember looking at him going, like, like, What's going on? He's like, no, security guards even. Like, they're not really helping him. And then I remember seeing that landowner, our owner. He's over there. It's a big scrum, a big fucking brawl in the stands, basically. And they end up paying Derek, like, he gives him, I don't know how much money he gave him. And he's standing right beside Ramirez the rest of the night. And, like, just, you know, but after that, and, I mean, like, he said, he, uh, I feel like goes, I swear to God, I think they were going to kill me, man. Those fans and stuff, like, he's like, it was, it was scary. And, uh, but it was good, man. At that time, we were laughing and stuff and everything. He plays one more game, Derek, then he goes home. But, uh, now there must have been 20 fights, at least, that game. I think the game started at 8. Might have finished at around 11 or 11.30, 12, maybe even. Two brawls. 21 fights, just single fights, I think. Uh, it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And they stay right till the end, like the fans. Like, it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What an introduction. Well, a couple of the names uh, before you, I mean, you end up in Sorrell, but I mean, uh, a couple of the names that, that you had the fights in St. John with, uh, we'll speak of the devil, you brought him up earlier from Regina, was Josh Dobbin. I see you fought him twice. Yeah. Um, he was kind of, you know, I think, you know, you'll see guys who are coming and going there. And I think a lot of guys will touch on that. So, you know, uh, to go in there every night to do that job there and to keep them happy, um, uh, was not an easy job. Uh, a, because of the, 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 the culture there, you, we didn't practice every day. Um, you would get paid once a week and, and so you only really had to show up for what you, you had in Sorrell, I think we practiced once a week. Maybe twice a week, but rarely. But once it was payday. It was a Wednesday, and uh, it was later at night. It was like a men's, like a men's practice, which really basically, uh, you know, senior hockey at that, like that kind of practicing. But but the, the who's who, uh, you know, and stuff. And uh, uh, but yeah, Josh Dobbin, he was at the end of his sort of his tenure, and like, he's one of those guys that was there. You know, but I mean, I was it was easy for me to go. Like I just, I mean, looking at who they had, I can't remember. He was playing. He was playing Sherbrooke, I think, at the time. Yeah, yeah. was it Sherbrooke? Yeah, yeah, Sherbrooke. Yeah. And Sherbrooke was tough, tough. I remember, well, they're all tough, but Sherbrooke, they always had, they always had three or four legit guys, or everybody, but there they had, uh, uh, you know, uh, Louis well, Bedard. Ro and, and Louis Bedard, and Jason Rushton, uh, and Chad Nicholson, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, never ending. And, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I did really well, actually. It's going off really well after that. Tony Dolan and, and a couple of those guys, I think it's for Justin Linos once, or somebody from Sorrell. And uh, Dobbin was, yeah, he was on his way out a little bit there. But, yeah, I did well with him. And, uh, how, how did you do uh, against Laval? I mean, a big dude, uh, Jay Banich. Banich is from around here. So I grew, yep. I grew up playing against him, too. Another guy, big, tall guy. And I knew he did well in the CHL and stuff. And I remember, like, that game in Laval, that's where Joel comes up to me in the, in the, pulls me out of the dressing, like, before we're going out on the warm-ups. And I'm wearing Laval, and like this place, that's, that's this place in itself. When you play that, it was a home opener, too. 
was their home opener. I remember Dean and I were always talk. We had good chats, me and Dean, about life, and and also he he filled me in about like like the heavyweights. And he was always a guy that would be talking vocally about his who he would have to take on, and and uh, not anxiety or skin. You just knew he was in a battle, and he was excited to fight. Now the number one, he was the number one guy. As they they would say out there, you know, you you were ranked there. You'd have to be number one, two, three, four, five, and it was something new to me. But at the same time, I, I was awesome to see that you know those guys. Uh, that's the one thing about that league. You know, you never got really mismatched a whole lot, or you know, granted or something might have an off night. But but you know, rarely would you be be strung out to put on it like where you know if I was just starting out, I would have to fight Patrick Cote, except for in St. John this. Tony Charcello, he, you know, he didn't look at it like that. He was like, you know, he just wanted, to, he was trying to be uh, strategic, but at the same time, he's an idiot. <laughs> he's pulled us out of the dressing, pulls me out of the dressing room, me and Ronnie Valenti, and he's like, uh, okay, well, you're, you know, you're going to fight, you guys are going to fight Patrick Cote. We get him out of the game, and we can do whatever we want. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And he said, like, Patrick Cote, and you know, Patrick Cote was fucked. And that guy was a, a, a monster. Right? Like, like he he had a jersey that was like could fit me, Mayrand, and someone else, and it was so big. And yet he was like he made him. You know, he just oh, the guy was said that league, and, and that's exactly who the top dog was at that time. And um, he looked, he was looking thirsty for blood. You could just tell. And uh, I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. So when I got out there, uh, Jay Banish was on the ice. I think Chad Richards. Patrick Cote, maybe I think no Cote was yeah. Ronnie went after uh, Cote, I think, or Ronnie ended up fighting him or whatever. But tossed around, didn't really get. I was like, oh, really like that. I didn't say I was gonna, but I'm like, oh. so when I get out there, Banich is lining up with me, and I just we just mutually like, oh, I'd rather. So I asked Banich and uh, Chad Richards is just out on the ice. He's gonna come down me, but I ended up fighting Jay. We had a good fight. You know, it was a good. Uh, it was it was good for me there. I I, I preferred fighting Jay than I wanted uh, Patrick. So yeah. <laughs> Happy for that as well. <laughs> well, I know I've the, I've had a bunch of guys on, and every one of them has said like Patrick Cote is like the meanest player they ever played against. They're like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, not just, like, because of the league itself, the, the arena that you know, the House of Pain and all that. I know people can't will never understand it, but when you are underneath the stand, getting ready for the game, and one before warm ups, after warm ups. I mean, remember the, the home opener, you know, the, the lineup, you know, they had, they had Bajuni, they had Bedard, they had Cote, they had, just, you name, they had Richards, they had Barrett, they had Ponte, they had, well, I just could just keep going along like that, and I'm just going, oh, man, like, this is unbelievable, you know, they had guys that you, I think I'm probably, I apologize to missing any names there, but, oh, they had Rabi, they had, you know, I'm just, like, that first lineup, and I'm just going, like, where, like, now what? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but, uh, yeah, and we had a brawl with them. It was in Sorrell later on, and I remember them coming across the ice. It was just like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> well, for anybody listening, the, the Laval team, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with these names here, and for the people listening, just yeah, imagine going in like you're you're in Jordan's shoes. Imagine looking across at this lineup. You have Mark Major, Mario Jolly, Jesse Rosanzoff, Matthew Rabby, Bruce Watson, Shane Kenny, Craig Martin, Steve Demonsky. Randy Ponte, Jay Banich, Patrick Cote, Mike Bajerni, and Chad Richard. <laughs> like, right there. You, you know, like, are you kidding? Like, that's just, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know? You know, and that, but at the same time, we, when we had, we didn't have that lineup, but we had guys, not so many, I was talking about Dan Tice, man, we had, we had, you know, I'm just trying to think, and when you caught up now, you're just like, holy fuck, man, like, like dude, what do you do with that? You know, so I give all the credit I can to, you know, a guy like Dean, you know, he was in a, in a spot where he was, man, 
all those guys were thirsty for him, you know, uh, because they were all, even if they weren't number ones, they were close to being, they would have been number ones on any other team. Yeah. So Dean would go out there and he would do his job, man. And I, I can't say enough about that guy. Uh, you know, uh, we sat, like I said, we get to talk lots of times and, uh, he played with me over in, in Sorrell as well. And, you know, he was, he was a guy that, again, I set that league to as, you know, if, if there's anybody that's, that he stayed there, you know, he was a guy that, Kind of the new, newer, younger guys he would take on, and also then, you know, he was always uh, those guys, those names like Cote. And I, I can just imagine being in his shoes, and uh, and you know, his off-ice regiment was one that you, you had to be in. Like I wasn't as, as like I didn't my off-ice again. There was the you know I I, I can say that I wasn't uh, the toughest guy ever. You know, I would I would go. You know, I would never back down. But at the same time, I wasn't. I was prepared, but I was. I was just—I was happy to be there. You know, I was happy that I had a guy like Dean on my side, and something that I never had before. You know, other than Derek, where you know had that many guys where you know you either you're going into a battle, or you're going with other guys too. And uh, but yeah, um, Laval just—I was just the first to on again. Another team too, same thing. Uh, you know, Terrio, the Wood, they had. You know, Tardif. I mean, you, you guys have missed that. I mean, that was another team that you just always had to you know, bring in somebody. Or their lineup was one that it was, it was intimidating. No, absolutely. Well, and one of the names here um, uh, in that you fought, and like you said, it was at the beginning of his career, and of course everybody went on to, you know, well, not only kind of basically become the number one guy in the in the Quebec League, but of course went on to the UFC, was uh, Steve Bosse, and I know you fought him twice in Verdun. Um, how did those fights go? Uh, good. I actually fought him a third time. I think one of the year later. Yeah, yeah. One of the year, year later. But uh, yeah, yeah. He was just starting, and his technique was just off. But you know, man, his dad, his, they they had a logging company. Basically, they were cutting logs, and uh, they for firewood. I don't know what it was, but he would go behind him. And I remember uh, Dean went and worked with him the one day. And like I said, he was the first guy other than Dean that I met. And he was kind of hanging out with Dean a little bit, and and uh, they were working out together and stuff. So every other day, I would see him around St. John or something, and and they didn't speak good English at that time. But we we we, we had, whenever we saw each other, you know, we had respect each other, you know, that way. And um, it was it was to see his rise there, you know, how quick it went. And he was a guy that was man so thirsty just wanted to do it man he wanted to be in that league first of all second of all then he wanted to prove himself and then he was going for the top he wanted to be the top dog and um man i've never like i said i thought i would never see i never saw johnny uh, you know johnny get dropped ever morasty and he would go toe-to-toe with the you know the two who's who in the whl bugard all those guys you know and for him not to have been that i ever saw him ever get like dropped you know in a, in a few of those situations i was i was a little worried for for Johnny, I mean, that, that time in that playoff game where, he, you know, the, uh, Steve gets the better, better right off the hop there. And, it, I mean, that was scary times. I can imagine for Johnny, for, and I give him all the credit to get up again and, and want to go that guy, the, the, you know, where, where like six, seven times they fought. And, you know, he did, he, you know, but Steve, man, he was a different, he was a working, a working man. And he worked hard with his dad and he worked off the ice hard. That's all he wanted to put his mind to, I believe, was was that league and then doing his role. And, and man, all, all the power to him because he was, he was one. I would say the pound for pound toughest guy I've ever ever seen on the ice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, well, actually, before we, I've, while I'm thinking about it, you had mentioned uh, Cote's jersey being so big. I know we have a few guys that listen that are kind of jersey, big jersey guys and stuff. Did you do any modifications to your jersey? <laughs> 
I did, yeah. I was one of those guys. I, I, I just really, I enjoyed it. Like, I remember really on again, I go back to him. But man, he, he had a jersey there. I remember he, he'd always get his jerseys. Wherever he played, he would get them. And uh, he showed me his uh, junior number one year. North Palafer, I think it was. And he had Velcro. So he had Velcro from his uh, from his wrist down to his boat, just past his elbow pad. And he would take it off. He but he'd square off. He would pull his Velcro and he'd, you know, he, I don't think he took up his elbow pads, but he was, I remember in North Battleford, I got the goalie jersey. That's why I wanted to wear a certain guy. Whatever I played, I wanted to wear the goalie jersey. Uh, and a couple of spots there. I know in uh, North Battleford, this 39, it was a goalie cut already. I took it home and I got it seamstress and I got it widened and I got it uh, Velcroed <laughs> on my sleeve, on my arm. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And uh, I am actually in Selkirk. was in Selkirk. Yeah, Selkirk, they did the same. And they made me tape up my wrists every game. <laughs> like, if I got in the first fight, the second fight, I had to tape up my wrists. I remember a few few guys would follow that same trend, though. Uh, Greg Taylor in, um, in um, I can't remember what team, in Winnipeg. Winnipeg Self Blues, we ended up playing him. And then he would do the same thing after I, once I did it. And uh, it was pretty funny that way. But, yeah, I was a big jersey guy that way. Uh, Sorrell, I had a, this guy, I can't remember who he played there. They were telling me, and this guy was enormous, like, uh, enormous. He would have been a big, like, Christian, like that Christian guy, Brandon Christian. Yeah. Yep. But I took his jersey over, and I can't remember what number that was. It was 27, I think. And I'm not thinking about it. I my shoulder part, like, since junior, like, my very first year junior, I, I told you I got, uh, hurt my shoulder, and I signed up for the triple A team. And I was, I was referring it to, like, my, my shoulder pads, like, uh, I don't know what it was, but I just, from there on, like, my whole junior career, my whole pro, I never wore shoulder pads. Never once. And that's not to be a big tough guy, I mean. I just never wore them. I didn't find a different, like, it hit. It was like if I got cross stick in the arm or something, you're going to feel that anyway, you know. Uh, but the shoulder pads I never wore, ever, ever. And I, and I, again, I'm not trying to, like, be this big tough guy and, like, be, like think of, like, you know, I'm, uh, I did it because I'm, uh, you know, just, I just didn't like them. I didn't like the way, not for fighting or anything, just, just didn't wear them. So when I, I, uh, uh, when I was wearing this jersey in, in Quebec, I didn't, they didn't help me. That one was way too big. Um, and then I wish now later on in my career I would have had a tire jersey, actually, come to think of it. So uh, it was a big jersey guy, yeah. Um, well, yeah, they, uh, well, did you, did you want to, did you, uh, did you do anything with the tie downs or do you like to have the stuff come off? I like the stuff to come off, actually. Yeah. Uh, Rob Ray, that's, uh, and I noticed it. And when I saw the tapes with Patrick Cote, I could understand why he had two, you know, guys were grabbing him. No, not, they're not great going toe to toe with Patrick Cote, even in the NHL and stuff. I mean, who's going to want to those guys, you know? So I can understand his, his thinking of wanting to get loose. It would be so frustrating at times, you know, you're fighting somebody and you can't get your arm out. You may lose a fight because, you know, or you, you know, teams look at you differently. You feel bad because, you know, you can't explain it to somebody and say, oh, my arm is probably my jersey, you know? Like, you know, Johnny never had that play with both hands. You know, he's wide open. He's, he's a guy that I think a lot of guys took the bananas and they were able to just tee off on him. But as you can see with Johnny, you know, his, it didn't matter whether his arms were big or small. His jerseys and stuff, he could go both hands. Which, but it's different for a guy like myself. I was I could go both hands with a, my fighting style was one. Two guys, you know, we would get tied up. I would be frustrated with that as well. So, I mean, uh, uh, any advantage I could get, I would take. That was one. Uh, I thought it didn't always help me, but yeah, I, I didn't really like tie out a rule at all, so I never had it, and I really ever got in trouble for it and kicked out of the game for it. I think the odd time, but not very rare. It was very rare. Well, absolutely. Hey, you got to take any advantage you can get. But uh, well, in the in that year, in the new year, you actually end up in Tulsa in the Central League. Uh, how'd you end up there, and why'd you go to Tulsa? Actually, yeah. 
<laughs> Craig Martin. Uh, we, you know, like, at Quebec League, you know, we were all guys that were playing and battling each other. Um, I really enjoyed that playing, playing you know, hockey and stuff. Is, uh, obviously, a little too much at times, but um, that's the, the, the times that people don't talk. You know, Brian talks, you know, literally Brian asks some crazy stories. I have to tell crazy stories about that time, but, you know, that's not something that, you know, uh, I'm not always proud of some of the stories. I don't think that the viewers would understand some of that stuff. You know, they write the whole, you know, it might take away or, you know, these guys are homeless and stuff. So the things that I don't want to be, it's a lot of it, you know, I had a lot of fun and stuff, but, you know, uh, yeah, just, uh, uh, Tulsa, yeah, so Craig Martin. I got to know Craig a bit, and we're hanging out, and uh, he knew my friend Carl Nordstrom, who's another tough native guy, big guy. He's yeah. from out this way, and uh, he's related to Johnny, too. And, and, and uh, so he uh, he knew him, and we were just talking, and he, you know, I, he knew that I kind of was like, Wanted to get out of that league a little bit, or just venture out of it. I don't know. I was uh, I was enjoying it in Israel and stuff. With it. It was, oh, I was actually in Laval at that time. It was in Laval. I went and played Laval, and uh, so I was playing. I was playing out there, and I, uh, he asked me, "Say, you want to go? Do you want to go to Tulsa looking for somebody?" His friend uh, Gravel, or I think his name was Gravel or something, uh, in Tulsa was there, and they were. He called him and said, hey, "Do you know anybody out there that would look for somebody to come in?" And we don't really have anybody. That Mark Spock, I think he wasn't there anymore. So I said, yeah, well, I'll go there. I'll, you know, absolutely. So I went out there, and I didn't play very long. I didn't. Uh, it was a different. Tulsa was a good. It wasn't like the best place I played. It was so spread out of the town. Uh, right when I got there, they took some right away. Good guys on the team. Um, uh, I got to play with a kind of a childhood. I don't know, but somebody that I looked up to and named it in, in North Battleford. It was the first guy I saw on the ice, like live, that I watched that it was exciting. You know, it was Derek Reynolds. He was not very big. But in junior A back then, you know, those are some tough teams and, and crazy stuff. And I used to love when me and my dad or my, my, my friend Troy would go to the games and watch. This is somebody that I always remember. He would he was always in the middle of things. He could play a lot like uh, Conan McKay. Like, this guy was like, people remember him here as being that guy. He was tough, tough, you know. And, 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 and so, so when I got to go to Tulsa, I remember Derek was one of the first guys I saw come off the bus and I got to play with him and we well, back of the bus there and you know I got to, I got my I got my, I didn't got my own like like you know, I was a veteran basically back then uh, at that time and so I got uh, we traveled lots in Tulsa they traveled everywhere they had a team bus a secret bus and so I spent some time with Eric and got to play with him on the ice he was he was kind of hurting back then he was arms and shoulders would be up but uh, it was a good experience to play in Tulsa for a little bit and then uh, you know I went back home after that I and, uh, yeah, just decided to go back and play some senior and, and be at home with my family. Yeah, and then, uh, well, 2004-2005, the following year, it's it's back to the jungle, and you, you actually you sign with the uh, with the Quebec Radio X. Um, what made you go back? Well, I mean, it's, I would assume the money made you go back, but uh, uh, what was your what were your feelings on the playing for Quebec? Well, like every year that I was going to go back after the St. John year, I was I, teams would ask me down south. So I signed actually in Richmond, Virginia, to go down and play in the United Hockey League. Um, and I remember Trevor Sen was down there, and some of those guys. Uh, Center was another guy I heard growing up and, and watching his fight with Tasker and stuff. I it was just, but Richmond was. I always kind of wanted to venture back into the states. You know, I played the one year there when I was in Quebec. As much as I loved it there, and it wasn't. I wasn't playing. You know, I wasn't playing at all. Uh, that league wears on you. Feels on you. The amount of well, yeah. It's the shit show. The the the, the, the life away from the ring. All of it. I would say, like, I took ten years off my life there for sure. At least 
just myself, you know, with uh, off the ice and on the ice. And it just, uh, you know, he wasn't, uh, was no hockey. You know? I mean, it was really good hockey. Like, don't get, people don't realize that the, how good the games and the players that were there as well. Like, other than the tough, the tough guys were one thing. The players that were, man, there were some serious guys that, that all played good. Pro, pro hockey was unreal. Actually, if they could bring that hockey back, I wish. You, I always wish they would bring it out here. Like, I mean, Lavelle went and played in the Allen Cup. I think the one year, a couple of years, but it that doesn't give it justice. You know, I wish they would have had a couple of exhibition games or something out here so the fans they could see how it was. But it would be hard to replicate that, even the exhibition games out here because of the fans and the, the way the whole atmosphere was. So when I went sign in Richmond. Uh, just before I went there, the, they called me and said that they got my, they drafted me or took me off the, uh, there was some kind of draft, a dispersal draft or something, and, and my name was picked, and so they asked, you know, are you committed to going down there, you know, but how much are they paying you getting the money? And the money talked, yeah, absolutely. Then when they told me they had Donald Bash here, actually, that's what, that, that's what got me there. I, I was thinking, you know, it would be awesome if it was the lockout, and to hear Donald's name, they said they were playing in the Colossae, uh, we were playing Quebec City, and I, I, I was like, oh, I wasn't, I never played like in Quebec City. No, I did play in Quebec City, but they weren't playing at the Colisée. This year, they were going to play at the Colisée. They said that uh, you know they, they had Brash here, they had uh, Chad Richards, and the year before, Chad Richards had knocked me out, and I was never really after that. I was a little gun shy for a while. Uh, uh, he and I were friends, but we, you know, again, we're doing the job, doing the job. We fought in Sorrell, and he, he got me with fun. He, he got me real good, and uh, that was the first time in my career that I experienced. It. You know, I, again, it, it, it did it hold me a bit, and uh, uh, to, to, to be open to go a little bit with, you know, a little bit more wide open. I was a little bit more defensive, and you know, it's all my easy fights and stuff. Those don't, I don't think you're justice to you know, how I, you know, I was. Sometimes I'm like, ah, it doesn't, you know, it's kind of a downer for me in the, in the fact that I, you know, I guess I did fight a little bit by, towards the end, and I was. I was starting to get a little dense. And that was mainly one of the main reasons was, was from, uh, when Chad dropped me that time. I mean, I still, I still was a lot of, but yeah, he, he shook my brain pretty good. And, he, and, he, and like I said, it was hard to get back, you know, so anything. Because there, every night, it's not one where you can just ease your way back into something. You're right back at it, and it's still hurt to really just get rid of you. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was unreal. Yeah, well, like you said, it's the lockout. You go to Quebec and you got Brett Shear and you, you got, uh, well, you got Sylvain Bluans there, uh, Remy Royer. I mean, uh, you know, you got a, a few NHL guys, um, Eric Fischo. You know, um, yeah, well, you know, Jacques, oh, in terms of toughness, I mean, Jason Hamilton's there, Chad Richard, of course, Jason Bully. Um, you know, uh, how was, how was Brett Shear? Did you get along with him? You know what? I got nothing but good things to say about us. You know, when I first got there, I mean, his very first game was my very first game. We played uh, in Sorrell, and I fought Dimeira. I fought Dimeira, and I remember being that was the first fight of the game, the very first fight. I remember they sent out me in Dubai, and Jock was choked. I think he was really choked at me. <laughs> he wanted to fight uh, Dean. I'd already lined up there, and I remember looking at Dean, and I'm like, <laughs> I remember looking at Dean's face like, like, yeah, like, you know, like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, not kidding me, they would have fighting, but like, you know, you know, so we got along with him. You know, and I didn't think, again, he didn't take it as like I was disrespecting him or anything. He's like, okay, kid. You know, basically, it was a very quick fight. You know, he, he didn't go full out, I don't think. You know, he, he respected me that way and stuff. But at the same time, you know, I also wanted to make a name for myself being there in Quebec City. My, being my first game, I didn't go through training camp or anything with them. I was, so I wanted to make a name. So I went out there and, they, you know, I, I don't know how big of a name I made myself. But I remember uh, Sportsnet was there. 
and then brash year, you know, when I was watching, I was like, holy man, I was a little bit starstruck a little bit because, like, you know, so somebody that that's that did our job, that had fought every tough guy, and then still was at at a top level, like the NHL, he would have still like he still did afterwards, right? But like, I mean, he didn't afterwards, but I mean, he was right at the top there, top of the heap. And uh, uh, one of the reasons I think, I, you know, see, he was huggy bear and all this stuff, but like, he was so strong. He showed me after practice one day, he he was showing me that style. Like, he, he, I didn't have the strength that he did, but I could understand it. And, uh, man, he was a great guy. I remember practice one night, you know, we, he was very quiet, but he was playing music. I was playing music in the dressing room. It was one of my kids. Whenever I went, I would like to play music and, uh, play music in the dressing room and stuff. So I'd always watch and see what guys like and, and play a little bit different music and tell him that's how he kind of, he, he grasped onto me a little bit there. He kind of was watching me there. He liked the music. Then he'd come over and ask me, you know what, you got that CD. Let me borrow that CD. So he borrowed the CD one night and he, he took me out, went to a bar one night and, and stuff. And, uh, yeah, Donald was a good guy, man. Big, big, strong. Like, and, uh, it was, it was awesome playing with, playing with those guys. And, uh, wish I would have stayed because they went to the final that year and won it. But, uh, well, I talked to Donald every once in a while, still to this day. So, uh, it's a, it was a good experience. Donald was a great guy to me. When, when you were there and you were kind of just sitting there, when you had a, time to talk to him and stuff was he sort of like you know what the fuck is this like what am i doing here i don't want to fight these clowns like did he kind of give off that vibe did he kind of big league anybody or was he was he pretty accept like i mean he had 260 minutes and i know he fought like 19 times so i mean it wasn't like he wasn't fighting but was he just sort of like kind of rolling his eyes at the whole thing or and he just or, no not at all not at all in fact he braced up and i think he was in, he was excited to be back home too because was, wherever we played, we had it was places were packed. You know, he didn't take nights off. You know, guys can say what they want; they would chase him around, whatever. He didn't have to. Like you know, they have to prove themselves to him. Basically, at the same time, he would he would make sure that you know he picked the spots. But I remember you know he fought you know at the end of, he fought Mayran. You know, then he then he fought Virginia one night. I remember he fought Louis Bedard one night. Uh, you know, he he would just out of the you weren't expecting it, but at the same time when he did, everybody was at a right time. You know, he, he wanted to to know. That he was out there, that he wasn't taking, you know, liberties or, or thinking, looking down on any of us. You know, I remember after any fight, he came in, he was on the side, you know, pat you on the back or, you know, like, it was like that, right? Uh, he had your back all the way and he was the guy, another guy, unpredictable. And like that league, there was, he had a few incidents where we were playing in Tedford, you know, and there's that brawl, you know, he fights Glenn Kierenstead and he's another Manitoba hockey league guy. And I remember him fighting him and that, that, that was by far the most intense, Incidents that I've never been a part of. I was off the ice, wasn't playing that game, but I was in that arena when that happened. And it was unbelievable, man. And again, like I said, that was a that was one of the most intense, craziest things I've ever been associated with and a part of. And that and, uh, and that was Donald started that. Well, he was you know it happened what happened happened, and Donald got a few games for that and stuff. And uh, but yeah, I mean that that just went with the league. I mean if you if I'm thinking of all the guys that were there and and. You know, scary. You have to be aware of and and uh, unpredictable lives, and, and uh, just a good guy, tough as nails. Donald was was that guy. You know, absolutely. Um, well, and of course, another guy that you know he played in that league forever, and a legendary name, and put up a, a, a five hundred fights. It was ridiculous how many fights he was in. Was uh, Jacques Dubé? How did you get along with? Did you get along with Jacques? Jacques was a guy that uh, he expected. Uh, you know, he was quiet. He was really good with the French. Obviously, he's French and English. He, he he wasn't a separate part of a, of the English guys. Um, 
but if he like for for me, I wasn't like I was always trying to get his acceptance. I felt like with Jacques was like you know very hard to get that acceptance from a guy that's getting that fights every night, twice a game. Doesn't matter who, but it's always the top, at that time the top guys. He had he was uh, very confident. He uh, I was I was I was it was uh, but when you're playing with last year, you got Chad Richards, you got all these guys. Uh, you know, I just yeah, Jacques was you know he never treated me badly ever, but I never got to really talk to the guy. I never really I sat never really even sat with him on the bench. I don't think just you know uh, I think he, he wasn't taken back. Maybe we just really got uh, too close. But I do have a lot of respect for Jacques for, for the role he did, and uh, he took a night off, so I can always say a little job. Well, how about uh, Jason Hamilton? Uh, Jason, Jason was good to me. Uh, I didn't know much about Jason. I, he was one of the first guys. Actually, when I got off my plane in Quebec City, he was he was a guy that uh, uh, I stayed at his place for for a couple for a week, I think, or something. And then I was out uh, just out of town, and we had another another house of legends. There It was me. Uh, Aaron Bow, Chad Richards, uh, Dan Shermerhorn, and myself all in one place. Uh, out in this country, it was like a cabin. It was super nice, sick, and uh, we, we had lots of fun times there and stuff. But, uh, yeah, uh, Jason Hamilton, one of the, that year too, another guy, he was on the bike, he was in good shape, he was very vocal, very, uh, he's, he's, uh, he was a, he was exciting to watch and he did really well there. Like, sitting over this game in Verdun, we're playing Quebec City. Um, it was a, it was, I think it was a televised game, but it's the one where he fights Warhawk. And uh, I don't know who else fights, but there was it was a big. I was really disappointed not to be in that game. I wanted to be in that game. Uh, it was ten thousand fans. or was more. I was sitting up in the press box with actually the Verdun owners and, the, and uh, some of our guys who were sitting out. And man, that was that was intense. And, and Jason, to watch Jason, uh, you know, a lot of guys were gunning for him. He's very like a lot of guys didn't like the way he played. It was very a lot of guys didn't take to him. I don't think he was very uh, pompous kind of guy, you know. Uh, but it, again, treated me well, teammating, and and I always forget guys like that. You know, I don't know what not to forget, but like how tough really was guys like Jason. He was a number one guy there, you know, and did well. Oh, oh. Well, it was funny you keep you've mentioned his name a few times, and I've actually I've I've recorded part of an interview with him, and I need to uh, we need to make some time and get part two, um, and I'll I'll be releasing it. But uh, you've mentioned his name a few times, and uh, my two, my first two hours talking with him, he's quite the character with the stories. Is Aaron Bow? <laughs> oh yeah, man, I love that guy. Aaron, I uh, played with him everywhere I went to Quebec. I played in Mission Saint Jean. Sorrel, Quebec City, and um, he was he was my roommate in the last time in, in Quebec City. But man, I got nothing but respect for that guy. Um, just a just just unbelievable. And another tough guy, man. Like he could fuck he could hold his own, but he was a good player. He 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 uh, he was always in it. Make a guy laugh. He's like a DJ. He was a DJ, and he knew everybody in Quebec City. He knew you know he just knew everybody. He was just. He was just a great guy to say he, he took me under his wing and stuff. I remember being in the bar and he was sort of off of ice one. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, it was the beginning of St. Jean, actually. We got invited to this golf tournament. Uh, uh, I remember Dean talking about it and saying, hey, man, you want to? got invited to this tournament and it's uh, put on by it's, it's a strip club. Actually, uh, Julian's friends with these guys and they're kind of sponsors of the team or something. I don't know. It was like, oh, okay. We go to golf. I never went to a team golf. This is before we even played the year. And I said, like, okay. So I think me and uh, Rasmussen and uh, Mayland and uh, Bo, we all went to this tournament. And I was just 
day, whatever. And uh, it was the first time I ever seen a Hell's Angel, you know, like in person. They're, they're very, they're very different out there than it, than they are here. But again, that world is like, just a whole different world in Montreal. But uh, I remember so Aaron, this Aaron Bull, he was at both these. I'm standing in this bar after the tournament and stuff in this strip club and stuff, and I'm just like, he's having a great time. This, is, this guy walks in and he's got a patch on and he's not a very big guy but I remember him dropping something at the bar he was chilled right out and I just thought I wasn't impressed with what he did I just impressed by like the, like how everybody treated this guy like the way he was like oh, I want to I want to introduce myself and that was the kind of guy I was I just went like, and up there and like I remember Eric was up to me like this situation and he's like hey man like fuck man this guy you know like you don't want to be stunned like this guy is just well, killed this guy here, and here's, here's Jordan. He's going up buying drinks once he's having a hangout. Everyone would always laugh at me those times. You know, he was, he was he thought that was kind of shit was fun. He got me out of there a couple of times, but he also was like, you know, he just was a great guy. You know, I remember Sorrell there another night at the bar there, and you know, doing my thing, and you know, I got to know, I got to know those places, and those people quite well off the ice, and, and the people of those communities and stuff. And these guys in Sorrell would come, and the the bikers there would come to our games and stuff, and. Um, one instance there after game, we a big game. I can't remember who we played, but well, a bunch of us are there, and then we're we're, we're there. This place is packed, and oh, this is Hell's Angels are there, and I just want again, again, I want to go introduce myself. But it's like I don't know, I just sat there like kind of like us, you know. They they were well known. They were they took care of each other. They took care of whatever. I just I I kind of drew to that that world I thought anyways and I remember going over to him and the uh Aaron comes over and it's like, Man, you gotta you gotta get this guy out of here and then as he's coming over, these guys I've already been talking to them, they like they like pounce on me like ground who's this guy who's this guy they were like they're protecting me or something like I had to you know I had to go in there and get hey hey it's my teammate you know just kind of a funny story you know and, and uh but Aaron was a great guy man I, to this day I, I got a lot of love for that guy and uh yeah so that's that's Aaron for you. There you go. Uh, well, in your uh, final year of pro hockey here, we'll uh, wrap it up. I know I've, I've kept you for quite a bit here, but uh, you, you start the year in the United League you're in Port Huron, um, and, you, and you, play, you, you just played the four games, but it was interesting. You ended up fighting Morasti and Willis. Yeah. I, uh, well, uh, going back to uh, Paul Willis, my very first captain in, in Bakersfield. Uh, like I said, we had a lot of time together in the case and uh, he's got a commander's wing. You know, it's just somebody I, I really, you know, I had a lot of love for. And so when I got an opportunity, he was done playing and he was a coach there. He called me right away and he, he said, you know, Richie, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be a little different on playing co- on the coach, you know. And so, but I need somebody to come in there to do the job. And I'm offered, he was, uh, was the first guy that he offered was me. And he had some other guys that he could have, you know, taken. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I was uh, excited for that. And uh, my brother here, he's not my real brother, but he's my brother, you know. He never played any junior or anything, but he was he's the toughest guy I know in this world. Not a really big guy and stuff, but I wanted him to have an opportunity. I thought this was ever going to be an opportunity to get somebody like that, uh, even just to try out or anything, you know. Sign a contract, I won't fight for it. You just in camp and go home or whatever, give him an experience. So he... And, and, uh, Paul, he said, "Yeah, man, I'll fight." Like he's like, "For real, this guy can fight anybody." Blah blah blah. And then league, like you know yourself, the who's who in there too. You know, uh, that league was at that time too. It was there were no nights out there, and it was tough. Like, yep. Well, that's Denver. You know, they had Johnny, and they had that year that they had there. It was just a rival any Quebec team maybe that that time too. You know, Danbury and stuff. And I was excited to to get an opportunity to fight Johnny at his, I believe at his height, you know, when his toughest, you know, he was uh, doing well. And then, 
I wanted to, I wanted to see where I stood, you know, and, uh, you know, he got the better of me that, that time there, but, uh, it was a good way to, to end things, uh, you know, with, with Johnny and, and then, you know, Tyler finally getting to go with Tyler, but I also had to travel down there with my brother, Freddie, and we went there and came back home together and it was a good way to go, you know, and, uh, uh it was awesome. Port Henry was a good place to play. Um, but yeah, I wish I would have stayed a little bit longer, but you know, that's the way it goes. Yeah, well, then you, you wrap it up. You come, you come, you head into Laval in the new year, and um, uh, I'm sure you know. Le- I mean, Leon, Leon's playing there, Leon Delorme, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I mean, uh, another character that's on the team, of course, is Curtis Swanson. And uh, you get along with Swanee. I did. I liked Swanee right from the get go. You know, he, he, I, I think I think everybody gets along with Swanee. Oh man, how, how can you not? You know, yep. um, another guy that man. I, the year before, even when he's playing in, in uh, the junk here, Ruben's playing. He was, he was the only guy. I mean, they had guys like the layer. I get another guy that fought. Had to fight guys, but man, he was in a spot where they, he had. Imagine that. When every team he went to, there was just he was the only guy basically. To have to fight and do what he had to do, and being so young and his first year down, and he fought everybody. Uh, a lot of respect for that guy. And he did it every like he did it in Quebec too, and uh, Laval as well. Um, and he was a good guy off day. Was to Chris Anderson beers with. Um, never was never was a, you know down or like you know he was always a gamer no matter what he was the same same guy. So yeah, uh, Swanee was awesome to play with. Uh, when you're there, you're thinking you know like, you go uh, so many guys like that. But Swanee for sure. Um, uh, Jacques Dubé, those guys, they don't get enough credit, I don't think. But uh, Swanee definitely, he, he was he was a good guy to teammate to play with. Uh, when you're going into these two places, you know, you're thinking, oh, I know Louis Bedard, you know, and you're sitting beside him, sitting beside Swanee, I don't really know him. I know he's fucking, but you still, I'm feeling like, ah, until he gets out there and he takes on these guys, you know, and you're going to battle with him. But uh, it was good to good to have that guy beside you. You know, he would fight anybody, and if you were sore or whatever, he just he, he would he would step up, you know. So then it was good to play with Leon. I, I wanted to play with Leon. My, you know, I want to be out there. I talked about him a lot, being an influence in my life, you know, off the on and off the ice. And uh, so it was good to play with Laval. And I always want to play for the Chiefs. I wish I would have got to play with a few of the other guys that I got to Absolutely. Well, and another guy that was on the team, uh, you know, another another uh, battle for boy. And I know he follows me on Twitter, and I hope I hope he'll be listening to this episode. He probably will be with Dwayne Vandell. Oh, Vanner, Vanner, yeah. Well, like I said, when I was playing Pee Wee, he was the head coach. He was coaching the Warren Wildcats. That's how I so playing with him later on, uh, Vanner. You know, uh, just what a gentleman man that guy and he goes out there he you know i think of him as an old man and that when i think about it but you know <laughs> you know i put him in quite the spot there you know but he fought he did his thing and, yep. and i know he was that's something that he always holds like you know that's that's pretty awesome that he got and he was a good player i think he played down in wheeling or went down to the states with leon prior to that or something that i didn't follow him but a great guy man. if there was there's there's no better teammate or guy than, than that guy i can tell you that right now Absolutely, and uh, you know, well, that uh, that's quite the journey, man. Uh, you know, and, and you wrap it up, and uh, yeah, your your final uh, final couple fights in the Quebec League, and in your in your career was uh, Louis Bedard was your final fight, but another guy um, who was an interesting and at that time was really taking the league, uh, Derek Parker. 
<laughs> he's quite the character. He is, and uh, yeah, I never thought of Derek. Uh, I fought him once. He was in Melville when I was yep. playing junior A in North Battleford, and we had a good, good goal there. And Derek, somebody I always heard about. He was younger than I was, but he he had quite the name on and off the ice. You know, when he was in Lethbridge and stuff, I remember hearing the story about him off the ice. But uh, I never got to really see Derek and, and watching him as he was about him in Quebec when he went there. He had that one year there where he was at the top and he fought everybody and did well. Yeah, he had a style, another style that was he'd swing you around, you know, and, and that's what happened there. I got caught in swinging uh, swing with him and he got me this one right off the hop and he dropped me. But uh, uh, yeah, Derek's uh, it's Saskatchewan tough. Uh, he just finished playing there, didn't he, a few years ago? Or yeah. He went back to didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's an interesting, interesting guy, but. Uh, I saw him a couple of times when he got off the ice there, and we, you know, I wish I would have got to know him a little bit more, but uh, tough, tough as nails, man. Another another, another guy, another legend from that league that, uh, I, you know, like we caught up in all the names, but there he was, you know, the number one guy and fought everyone. Absolutely. Well, man, th- there's the uh, there's the hockey career of Jordan Roach. Uh, I... I uh, what are, you, what are you doing nowadays, and uh, how are you feeling, and, and do you miss it? Oh yeah, I miss it lots. You know, I haven't played for for quite a few years. I've been when I got back home, you know, I, I got working right away. I was scaffolding and stuff, and then I had I you know kind of ups and downs throughout my life, you know, and stuff there. But I lived quite a bit of a wild, wild, uh, um, wild uh, life there for a little bit after the Quebec League. I was you know off the ice there. You know, I was always one to get myself involved in, in, in that kind of an atmosphere. When you're in a place in Quebec and stuff like that. It's hard to then go to start a life off that. I, you know, with that, like then, what do you do? You know, you go in and five jobs. You're looking to fill that void. You know, and I'm not talking about just fighting or any of that stuff, but that, you know, that uh, uh, protection or all that. You know, and the, the enforcer. The you know, that's something that I always, you know. So off the ice, I turned that into a world that it was totally different. But at the same time, you know, so I was there doing doing some stuff there, and I had some issues with the law, but I was just, no, again, I had a hard time adjusting to that life off the ice, but now things have settled down a bit. I'm uh, working, still scaffolding, but you know, I got my journeyman ticket there, and, and just uh, doing as much work as I can there, but uh, at the same time, just, you know, uh, figuring things out, you know. Well, that's all we can do, right, as we go through life and get older, and, uh, but I, you know, you, you talk to any athlete, whatever, and I think we all, you know, everyone sort of says the same thing, it's like, you don't really miss the game, you miss the boys. You know, yeah, that's it. That's 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 what you miss the most. You know, is the, all the guys. So it's nice to get when you're doing this podcast and stuff to hear all the, you know, to be remembered. Guys getting an opportunity to tell their story. You know, not not be forgotten. And uh, that's that's pretty awesome, man. That you do that you do this. No, absolutely, and it's uh, yeah. And like I said, I, I you know we've uh, we talked for a while about getting you on, and and like I said, I, I you know I was uh, I always watched your career, and you know in the SGA and uh, you know and I, and then the Quebec League, and of course you know I had friends in the Laval team, and and uh, so no, it, it was it's been cool to sit and talk with you, and uh, no man, and to get your story out. I know the people will be listening to this, and uh, yeah, no, I can't uh, I I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And we'll have to talk to you. Uh, I'd like to get to you some little TV talk. If I know with Johnny, that'd be awesome. But please wait, man. You can give me a call time. I had a great time doing this. And uh, thanks for letting me tell my story. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Hey, you got to get yeah, get that phone fixed so I can call you. Yeah, absolutely. I will. <laughs> I have some of those things that I'd like you to get on maybe on the YouTube or something. Some of those ones that I have with Booth. I have some other ones there that, uh, you know, that, that you'd probably like to have. 
No, absolutely. I yeah, for sure. I want to see those, but uh, I definitely have some footage that you'll that you'll want to see. So I'll, I'll send you down some. Uh, we'll I'll get, we'll get your address here. I'll get you some Quebec stuff and some uh, hook you up with some stuff. Perfect. I really appreciate that. All right, Jordan. Well, uh, thank you again. And uh, no, this was a lot of fun, and I appreciate it. And uh, have a good night, man. You too, Darren. Thanks. Thanks, Jordan. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?